Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie later on the internet, the John Campbell Show, brought to you in part by Mint Mobile, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of good stuff, I'm honored today to be joined by one Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, today is a momentous day, a day that I'm sure... You're going to end and think to yourself, what a glorious day this was. Do you know why this is a glorious day? I was going to say, you got to have something up your sleeve. What, why is today such a glorious day? Because the first six Star Trek films with the classic cast all get released on 4K disc today. Wow. All of them, including Star Trek II and the director's cut of Star Trek VI. You don't care, John. Well, the whole second. And the, the director's cut of Star Trek. I don't care any of my care for that one. It's, 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 not, it's not up here. But uh, but I'm happy for you, Rob. I am happy. It's for a you. glorious day, John. Have you ordered them already? I have, and not only that, the the directors, the box set of the director's cut of Star Trek: The Motion Picture, with two extra discs in the UK version. I'm getting that version. A box set. A, bo- a huge box set wow. with well, five be discs. Well, that for you to store it in the closet <laughs> since you never open your discs or ever actually play them. That I'm is just not saying. true. It's good for stacking in the. That closet. is not true. But my, I, I got mine from the UK that has two extra discs in it. And it's already been shipped, and the American version was delayed. Well, the person who is also likes extra stuff shipped yet is always delayed. Sitting back there, yep. joining you guys in the live chat today, Ray Oris here. Hey, Ray, hey, I didn't realize this Sunday was the start of the football season. Thursday night, man. Oh, Thursday. Thursday night. What's, what's the game? On it's Thursday? Rams versus Bills. Oh, Rams. I, I think it's a it's a Super Bowl. Yeah, contender yeah, match. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's going to be so. I think the Bills win that game actually, but uh, we'll find out. Also joining us, of course, uh, producer uh, taking time out from writing the Batman Two. Jonathan Voico is here. Jonathan, how you doing? Mm, Crazy <laughs> with my appearance here. And of course, most importantly, you guys are here. We're so glad you decided to make this show part of your day. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show. We're going to take your live comments and questions. The way you get a live comment or question on the show is, well, number one, you got to be watching live. Number two, when we get to the end of the main topics, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. And when we do, that is your cue to fire in your thoughts, opinions, theories, speculation, questions, whatever. And Rob and I will spend the second half of the show addressing those. Also, a little bit of housekeeping here. want to remind you guys that if you need your daily fix of the John Campia Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, good news. There's an audio-only version of our show that we simply call the John Campy Show Podcast. Go to your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for the show, and submit to it, so it'll be there when you need it. Okay, guys, with that all down, let's get into a couple of off-the-tops here, shall we? And we will start things off with this. Now, right now, House of the Dragon is killing it. They're three episodes in. The show is absolutely marvelous so far. I'm digging every single one. I love the characters. And I love the direction and the pacing of the show. And of course, a lot of that comes from Sapochnik, uh, who was the showrunner. He directed a bunch. He won an Emmy for directing Game of Thrones. Uh, he also was the director of the, the pivotal episode, Battle of the Bastards, and, and a number of other things. He was the co-showrunner of the show. And of course, we mentioned in an earlier show that he has announced that he is leaving the show at the end of the season, which a lot of us who are fans of the show are a little bit shaken by. But apparently, also the cast 
has been shaken by it. Uh, the folks at IndieWire uh, ran a story on this that was really interesting. Actor Steve Toussaint, who of course plays Coralus, the sea snake, uh, talked about how he was absolutely gutted when he got the news. Uh, the other co-showrunner of the show gave him a call right before the news broke to let him know. And he said, you know, you just, you work with this closely. He's so brilliant, all this kind of stuff, absolutely gutted. And Rob, I think when we hear about news like this, we instantly and understandably, we think about our reaction like, oh, no, like, will the show continue to be the same quality it's been for the first three episodes in the next season without him there? All that kind of stuff. But we forget as well. There's a whole cast and crew of people who have been working under them this whole time, and, and they get affected by it, too. Now, of course, he was the co-showrunner. The other co-showrunner is still going to be there and running things. And, and, and of course, they're bringing on a Game of Thrones veteran. But can you see why the cast would probably feel that upset? And, and you know, do you think everything's going to be fine moving forward? Well, I do, actually. I mean, look, he was also directing these episodes in addition yeah. to show running. He wasn't I don't know how much of the writing he participated in. But he was probably more on the physical production side. And look, Battle of the Bastards is some of the most extraordinary television that's ever been uh, put before us. Such uh, an incredible uh, episode. It's just incredible. But I can't imagine the toll it takes on someone because it's not like directing a movie where you can see the end in sight when you're doing a TV show. And he was on Thrones. I mean, Battle of the Bastards was season six. So he's been he was ensconced in, in the first season of House of the Dragon for three years. And then before that, he was on Thrones for how many years? And, you know, any creative person, when you've already scaled to such heights, um, it's time for new challenges. I can only imagine he must have been exhausted. I've said uh, the same thing about uh, Kevin Feige. But it's, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, I, I, the, but, but creating a show, and I can't even imagine, like I said to you earlier, the pressure for HBO to come up with something good. You know, they yeah. scrapped their first pilot. Uh, After they already shot it. was it, already shot. Spent I mean, hundreds of millions to develop it and then just said not nope, good enough and nope. they axed it. And uh, that can you imagine the pressure coming off an already failed second pilot for another Game of Thrones show? Yeah. I can't even imagine in television history. I can't imagine w another show where you would have this much pressure to perform. Like more than the Olympics. Like, bro, <laughs> if this show isn't good. The entire planet Earth is going to be disappointed in you. So I can imagine. And you know what? He delivered. He delivered. And he knows that the first 10 episodes are done. He knows my, my ch he can walk away, hold his head high, and be like, I need a break. And he's not really walking away because it, on two different fronts, number one, he's still going to be connected, Lucy, as an executive producer sure. on the show moving forward. But also he scored a really sweet first look deal with HBO that they signed him to thanks to all of his work on, on Game of Thrones and House of the Dragons. So and it's going to go well for him. Yeah, and I'll bet he has something he wants to make for them. Oh, yeah. Just to he's clear the palette, you know, and, uh, just to do something else. And maybe he'll come back later. Maybe he'll, he'll come back for the Jon Snow show. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Some of the cast are saying they were just gutted at the showrunner leaving, but, you know, maybe there's really not much to worry about. The other co-showrunner is still going to be there. Shapotnik's still going to be involved. What do you guys think about this? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to a second off the top, and that is this. You know, Rob, one of the easiest fake news things to create is reports about test screenings, which 98%, by the way, if I've made this clear on the show before, guys, 98% of the time that you hear test screening, it's fake. It's absolutely fake. 98% of the time. Every 
once in a while it's real because a director will be the ones talking about it or the studio will be the ones. But any other time, don't believe it. NDAs are signed. It's normally just complete bullcrap. Again, with exceptions. There are. Well, there was a first that I saw on the internet this morning. You mean you saw it for the very first time? It's something I've never seen before. Oh, wow. An actor attending one of their own press screenings, one of their own test screenings, I should say, not press screen, test screenings, and actually filming themselves and the test audience at the screening. And, you know, you might be thinking, an actor can't get away with that. Well, you can if your name's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> because Dwayne The Rock Johnson decided to go and sit in personally with this, like, 30 or 40 person test audience who were the first people to watch Black Adam. And Dwayne Johnson filmed it. And then, and you know, and the, the audience, like, gasping for breath. Gasping for breath. Like, the one girl sitting in the front row goes, oh, my God, you even smell good. Like, it was just like everybody was freaking out and having that uh, that the rock is there. And actually, Jonathan, if you scroll down a little bit on that page, I'll give you, we won't play the video, but you'll be able to see a little bit further there. You'll be able to see, yeah, there it is. That's Dwayne in the movie theater. And we won't play the video, but if you played the video, you would see that he's there talking to the audience and all that kind of stuff. I had two thoughts. Number one, what kind of honest feedback do you think you're going to get from None. an audience zero when you march Dwayne the Rock Johnson out in front of everybody to to fanboy and fangirl over uh, at that time that it seems pretty unlikely. Now he does he does come out in front of them after the screening is done. I have a hard time believing nobody noticed that monster sitting in the eighth row though. Sitting there because bring up that image again just of the still. Uh, on the page like look at the size of that guy just sitting there uh with with other people i i can't believe that nobody in the audience knew that Dwayne was there but whatever let's say let's say for a second that the audience didn't know he was there while they watched the movie and they only found out he was there when the movie was over that's a pretty good bet but though right but still you've marched him out in front of everybody before they've given their feedback what kind of usable data do you think you're going to be able to get at yeah. that now? Now, listen, full marks to Dwayne for, for like Dwayne Johnson always loves doing things for fans and surprising fans and showing up. And that's just part of his nature that, that he does. It. And I think that's awesome that he does that. Now, they do say in the video that before he came out, he said the whole audience was applauding when the when the credits started to roll. We don't see that on the video, but I'm going to take his word for it that that's what happened. So clearly they liked it which I'm excited about this movie. I've been, I've been looking forward to the movie for a long time. So, but I still, it might not have been the best move to do. For the I don't know. You see this story and hear about it. What do you think? Well, I, I mean, look, anyone who's lived in LA for any length of time, there's a company called, or there was, I don't know if they're still around called NRG, the national research group. Yes. And they put on these screenings and they recruit audiences all over the place. And then they bring a whole audience in, they show them the movie. Then afterwards they'll handpick 20 or 30 people to stay after. So when you're watching the movie, you don't know who's behind you. Usually it's executives from the studio. It's actors, producers. Dwayne's a producer on this movie. Yeah. So you don't really, you're, you're kind of unaware that anyone's there. But those handpicked people, you know, they stay behind. They even pay you to do it. And then they give you a questionnaire. You fill it out. And then they ask, there's somebody, a moderator that asks questions. Well, it's specifically to get specific answers from people that just saw a movie. I can't imagine. I don't I don't care how much I liked a movie. If if Dwayne the Rock Johnson 
you know, Hobbs walks in front of me. I'm like, what did I? I don't even care what I thought of this movie. I'm just like, oh my God, it's Dwayne Johnson. By the way, you want to know what one of the questions he asked was? Dwayne Johnson's at the front. It's in this video. You see, he's at the front and goes, what did you love about the ending? <laughs> I'm like, oh God. <laughs> Tell me what you loved about the ending. I mean, you know. I can't even, dude, I can't even imagine whatever, whatever audience feedback they hope to get, like uncut, pure, you know, subjective or objective. Well, in CSI terms, it's contaminated evidence. It's completely now. contaminated. <laughs> the jury would, this is not allowed. This is not inadmissible in a court of law. But you know what? In a way, I mean, obviously it's been turned into now it's marketing. Yes, you of know, course it's, it is. Yeah. It's, so it's, it has value in and of itself. Yeah. I, I mean, look. I would give more credence. I don't know if you've seen the TV ads for Barbarian, which opens on Friday. They've got they've got like infrared shots of the audience reacting to the movie itself as it's playing. I remember they used to do that for Blair, like Blair Witch Project. I yeah, yeah, and, and they've got totally. I, they, I love what they're doing with the marketing for Barbarian, but I buy that. You know, maybe it's staged, but for the most part, I'll buy it. You know, because you can kind of tell if people are overacting in those situations. But in this case, come on, dude. How could we, even us, jaded Hollywood insiders that we are, paid shills from the studios, even we, come on, if Dwayne Johnson shows up, we'd both be like, oh my God, dude, it's Dwayne well, Johnson. Dude, it's CinemaCon. We're at CinemaCon, surrounded by film professionals, thousands of film professionals. And what happened? Dwayne Johnson came out. They said he wasn't there. They said he was in, back home in Hawaii, but he was there. He snuck. He came in and came out. And like everybody, including freaking Aaron Cummings, who works with movie stars, everybody's like, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. We were too. I, like, I know. I he mean, staying like right there, two feet in front. I mean, of the us. thing is, he's not just like a movie star. No, he's he's bigger a, than life. Yeah, he's a presence personality, and and when he smiles, you know, and then he starts calling out like Aaron. Yeah, what, he starts favorite, calling people out. Calling people out. I mean, how can you not love that guy? Yeah, like, he's, you know. he's 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 pretty. Intense. Now, the one thing I will say though, too, is he mentioned in the video a couple of like alluded to a couple of the surprises, and what do you think about the big surprise at the end? And like stuff like that. So obviously me in my deepest fanboy mm -hmm. wishing, you know what I'm thinking? Mm -hmm. Henry! <laughs> I'm thinking Henry is going to, I mean, I don't know that, but I, I'm going to hold out hope. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and hold out hope. that Henry. Nah, they just all go get shawarma at the end. Yes, they just go get shawarma at the end. Uh, so I don't know, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this, about Dwayne Johnson actually attending the test screening and revealing himself to the audience? I don't know. Maybe that kind of makes it all useless. Maybe they did five other test screenings the same day where he wasn't there and they're going to be able to get used about that or whatever. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, before we move on to our Mint Mobile questions of the day, we want to take a second and thank one of the new sponsors of our show, our friends over at DraftKings. Guys, we want to take a second and thank one of the sponsors of today's video, DraftKings. Now, guys, you know I am a huge sports fan. And football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on 
an NFL team to win. And if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team goes on to lose. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code Campia to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's promo code Campia only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And thank you to our friends at DraftKings for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. And guys, remember, just like anything fun, even like collecting hot toys, do it in moderation and be careful of, of not getting ahead of yourselves. But again, thank you to our friends at DraftKings. All right, guys, with that down, we have a breaking story here. Uh, you guys will remember that it was about a week or two ago, probably last week, that it, news broke. One of the outlets found out that Warner Brothers was in discussions with producer Dan Lin, former studio executive under Alan Horn, who Alan Horn was all behind and saying, this is the guy that they were in negotiations with him to become the new head of the brand new DC studio under Warner Brothers. It's going to be its own studio now, much like Marvel has a little bit of autonomy under Disney. And that guy was Dan Lin. Well, apparently now news is broke that Dan Lin has turned down the job. Uh, CSNBC is reporting Lego movie producer Dan Lin won't take the DC film and TV chief role at Warner Brothers. Now, I haven't read the article yet. This is just coming out. But I remember when we talked about the Dan Lin story and him taking over DC, we all said, well, this sounds like a really great name. He's got producing experience. He's got studio executive experience. He's supported by Alan Horn, all this kind of stuff. But the one holdup they said in the initial report was that Warner Brothers wanted him to separate himself from his production company that he had been building over the years. And I'm I'm just guessing, I haven't read the report yet, I'm just guessing that became a hurdle they couldn't overcome. Uh, so I'm just going to read what is here in the, uh, in the uh, report here on CSNBC. As they were at the following, movie producer Dan Lin, who had been in talks to become head of Warner Brothers Discovery's DC Comics Film and TV unit, will not take the job after all, according to people familiar with the matter. The two sides ended negotiations without being able to reach a deal. The news comes during tumultuous times for the newly formed Warner Brothers Discovery. CEO David Zazaf has been attempting to remake Warner Brothers after remerging with their design. And blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really seem to, that they can't give a, an actual reason for it. But at this point, um, let's see, uh, the 49-year-old film producer was a favorite to take on the role with expectations that Lynn would report directly to David Zaslav and bypass division heads at HBO and HBO Max, Warner Brothers TV and Warner Brothers Pictures. Contract discussions ran into complications because of Lynn's ownership of Rideback, that's his production company, and how Warner Brothers Discovery would compensate him for that, uh, two of the people said. So it looks like maybe my guess was right that, that it came down to that. They couldn't reach a deal on what he would have to do and what he would have to give up and how much they would compensate him for and all that kind of stuff. And ultimately, they couldn't reach a deal that left both parties satisfied and he walks. I'll tell you what, this is a big blow. Now, again, like I said, when Dan Lin's name came up, listen, there are other guys they could have gotten, absolutely, and but, but Lin was a really, really good name. There are still other really good names out there. They could very well end up with, with a fantastic head of the studio. But when you're David Zaslav, who I'm very big on, but when you're David Zaslav, this was your first... I mean, he's done a lot of, in my opinion, of the right things. He's been cutting the chaff. He's been getting rid of the fat. He's been trying to improve. He's been trying to improve quality by subtraction, 
all that kind of, all the right things. But it's easy to wield the axe. It's easy to wield the axe. How are you going to be able to build? And to me, this was his first big test. Could you land the guy that you wanted? And it looks like he was the guy that they wanted. And whether to them the price tag was too high or for him he was being asked to give up too much, whatever, but they were not able to close this deal. Now, again, I know a lot of people weren't tremendously excited with the Dan Lin name in the first place, so now they'll move on to somebody else. But to me, this is, I think this is a loss for David Zaslav. This was his first big test. I'm the boss. I'm the guy who's going to make these deals. I'm the one who's going to bring people on board the way I landed Matt Reeves, the way I'm about to land James Gunn, all this kind of stuff. I'm going to land my guy, and he didn't do it. So anyway, Rob, how big or, or not big of a deal is this Dan Lin situation? I don't think that Dan Lin was ever really going to do it. Really? And I say that because it would have been a step back for him, I think. Because he was, obviously, Warner Brothers is a place where if you're a great executive, you can graduate to becoming a movie producer. You had someone like, person I knew a little bit, Lorenzo de Bonaventura, was, came in as an executive, was a great executive, then became a very successful producer, and still is a producer today. Dan Lin, very highly educated guy, was a great executive at Warner Brothers. You know, all the way up through things like The Departed. And then he left. Yeah. One you Academy know, Award. Yeah. yeah, he left and he was producing movies like It and the Lego movie, making hundreds of millions of dollars. Admittedly, he produced Easter Sunday. <laughs> We're yeah. not going to hold it yeah, against which I, 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 I'd rather just not talk he about. He teamed up with Spielberg and Amblin. Good move. You know, on paper, look good. Dan Lin did what everybody wants to do. If you're an executive, you dream of becoming a successful movie producer. That's what you want to do. He did it. He, 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 he did it. He reached, he reached the pinnacle. I mean, if he doesn't have any directing aspirations, producing at the level he's producing, the highest level. He produces the most successful movies with the biggest budgets he wants. So he wins. He's winning. He won Hollywood. To go back to Warner Brothers, as much as you've got David Zaslav, I don't think there's enough money in the world they probably couldn't make it economically feasible. He's got a bio. I've never been to his office. I don't know Dan Lin, but I'm sure he's, I've heard he's got great digs, you know. Well, he's like got a, tremendous digs. He's got space. great digs, yeah. <laughs> like sort of downtown LA. And, and it would be, I just don't think that there's enough they could entice him with to make that work. Like what would be the advantage for him going back and basically becoming a studio executive again? Like the last time he was a studio executive, he worked on The Departed, which won Best Picture. And now he's going to work on just DC movies. It's a I shame, mean, it's though. A, it's a shame, though, because he, he would have done great things for me. Or, uh, WB, for, for me. For, for WB, <laughs> I mean. I just, I can't see a guy like Dan Lin going backwards. But again, it, it wouldn't be the same as when he was at Warner Brothers before, because he would literally be the head of the studio. No, right? he would be. I but I, I think the one line here is really telling that's in the report that Lynn's ownership of Rideback and how Warner Brothers Discovery would compensate him for that. So clearly Warner Brothers wanted him to separate himself from his company, divorce himself from his company, uh, which I get. Listen, if you're asking somebody to come on board full time to just focus all their energy and attention on you, obviously that's what you want. But they were going to need to compensate him for that, saying, all right, you want me to leave my cash cow? You need to cut me a check for. $300 million, $400 million. Yeah, you get like J.J. Abrams, $500 million, What's he made for you? Well, they got rid of that contract. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, it's like, I mean, you look at it and go, let's see, what have I I've produced Lego movies for you? I've produced it 
parts one and two for you, you know, and all this other stuff. I mean, he produced the Lethal Weapon TV series. I mean, there's so many things that he's done in the last 15 years. Like why? Like if if he's already making movies for Warner Brothers, yeah, and already. he's making probably more money doing it than he would be as the head of the studio. Of course. So I don't see that there's any advantage. You know what? He'll probably wind up producing DC movies. He probably will. You know, he'll yeah. be producing DC movies. He'll shepherd them into existence, but he'll be the producer of those movies and not because this at a studio, they're not. They're trying to cut back. You know, I think what really happened was. With all these cutbacks, the reason they canceled something like Batgirl, they have to figure out how are we going to make up $3 billion or whatever. They couldn't afford to pay him what he asked for. They simply, with their cost-cutting measures, measures, the acts of Zaslav could not find the money or I justify. Disagree. I disagree. You know what they can't afford? You can't afford to set a precedent of how much money you're going to give people. Because the moment... That too. Because everything in this business is about precedent, right? It's the same in entertainment as in the sports world, right? A guy who was a $10 million quarterback yesterday, another quarterback just signed for 15. Now I want 15. Right. And that's the way it happens. You give this guy... And listen, all power to him if he thinks, listen, if I'm going to walk away from the studio... You're going to have to line my pockets pretty heavy for me to, for it to be worth it for me. So I got no problem with whatever he asked for, right? But if you're Warner Brothers... Of course, you could afford giving the one guy whatever it is he's asking for. But once you do that, now all of a sudden you've set the ball. Sure. And now what every executive coming in, what every producer is going to measure what they want in compensation compared to what you gave. I, I totally agree with that. But I don't even think that they could have even reached that kind of money compensation issue because they couldn't justify it. It doesn't matter. I mean, That's the thing. You can't justify it. If God himself walked down and said, I, I'll do it. I'm like, well, God, we can't. We can't pay you. The studio can't pay you. We can't justify it to our shareholders. He'd be like, I'm sorry, but I'm God. You know, I'm worth $500 million a year or whatever. So even he couldn't get the money. Or it or she. I don't want to. You know, he couldn't get it because they can't afford to do it. And I think what they tried to do was offer him autonomy. You can have creative autonomy. You can run the studio, which for some people is really enticing. Like, I still think I, it wouldn't surprise me if Walter Hamada came back into the mix somehow. But I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go now. I mean, I thought Dan Lin was a really good choice, but I didn't think he was ever going to do it. But it was a surprising choice. It was a surprising name. And I got a feeling there's going to be other names that come up that'll be just like Dan Lin's. That'll be surprising. Somebody else with a great track record. Somebody, you know, and, and we'll see where things go. But uh, again, so I get it. You listen, it was, it was a swing for the fences kind of thing. You had a guy where it was going to take a lot to prime away from the great setup that he had. To, to get him there, you couldn't reach an agreement. I get it. But, you know, if you're David Zaslav, I think now this is your first public loss, you know, that you weren't able to make that deal. You weren't able to convince him to give up his company and come over. And that's when he listen, when you're the top boss, that's the types of things you got to be able to do. Yep. And you can't do it every single time. Even Bob Iger didn't land every fish that he wanted, but he's going to have to do big things now, get in the head of this DC studio. I know that there's somebody who watches this show right now that knows exactly it, we're, if we're talking oh, out exactly of our ass. I know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll, fight. We'll, we'll hear about it. I hope we're not too far off the mark. Anyway, guys, <laughs> question is for you. What do you think about this? I, I know a lot of you weren't necessarily excited about the name of Dan Lin anyway, but still, this is a very resume deep guy coming into it with a lot of respect in the industry. They weren't able to get a deal done. And so the shirt search now continues for ahead of this brand new DC studio that's being given its autonomy for the first time ever. What do you guys think about this situation? I'm sure we're going to get more news as the week develops and what's going to happen next. Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts.
All right, guys. With that down, it's now time for us to go to our hotline mint mobile question of the day of course thanks to our partners at mint mobile we've set up a hotline the number is 951-268-4259 where if you've got a question you'd like us to hear you speak on the show you just call that number and do that so let's go over to our hotline right now what do we got up here first hey john this is joey also known as zelda master 702 this is just a quick question with the upcoming d23 conference i just wanted to see if because we're only getting that two hour slot if we should start keeping our expectations a little bit more in check i know we're expecting some big bombs but what do you think all right thanks a lot for sending that in and of course this week rob D23 starts this week. It kicks off on Friday. We're, of course, going to get to Anaheim, California, Friday evening in time for the big panel, which is, of course, Saturday morning, 10 a.m., and that's the Fox Movies, Marvel, and Star Wars Lucasfilm panel, and that's going to be the big thing, and it's a two-hour time slot. Now, he raises a good question. We've been sitting here predicting, and I specifically have been sitting here predicting, I think there is going to be major bomb after major bomb at this thing. I think it is going to be earth-shaking news, earth-shaking news, earth-shaking news. But with a two-hour panel time, the fact that they're going to be doing some Fox films, Marvel films, and Lucasfilm, does that leave a lot of time for this big succession of bombs that we've been predicting? And should we get our expectations in check? I would say this, having been at the last D23, it was not a dissimilar situation. It was a, I think it was a two hour presentation, I think. And it was massive announcement after massive announcement after massive announcement. And remember, it's not like they make a massive announcement and then spend 20 minutes talking about it. They make announce massive announcement. Somebody says a couple of words and then they move on to the next announcement. Realistically speaking, I see, I mean, I could budget, well, break it into five minutes. So what do we got? Uh, Six, 12, 18. You break them down into five minute chunks and it can be even smaller than five minute chunks. You got time for like a whole bunch, whole bunch of big, massive bombs being dropped at this thing. 18 to 24, the minimum. So listen, it is always good to check your expectations no matter what. Like, and never let your speculation become expectation, right? You're going to hear me saying that a lot this week as we go into D23. Hey, yeah, maybe this announcement will come. Maybe this one, oh, this could come. I bet that one will come. But always keep your speculation in check. Don't let it become expectation. But as far as my speculations go, no, I, I'm, I'm ready for a whirlwind, man. I, I really do think they are going to shake the internet with what they do at D23, I think the biggest of which is going to be Fantastic Four, but I think that's going to be the tip of the iceberg. And hey, Rob, you're going into D23. We're going to be, go there. We're going to be there in person. Where you're, you know, what's what kind of reality checks are you giving yourself right now? What are you expecting going into this thing right now? Well, I, like you, I expect some earth-shattering news, news that's going to keep us buzzing for the next three or four years because that's what they're promising us. They're going to give us their layout for the next three or four years. Here's what we're going to be making. And imagine we're getting all of these things, Lucasfilm and Marvel. Um, it's And remember, when Feige gets up and makes these presentations, he gets up there and he, basically it's him talking and we've got this and they put up a logo on screen 
It's not like they then bring out the entire cast and show everybody. They don't do that. You know, they make some they, I think they will Fantastic Four. I think that's yes, going to be their big yeah. finale. But he comes out and just shows a logo. Dude, I lost my shit when that Moon Knight logo. Oh, I know. And I mean, I was like, I know. what? Like that was, I mean, I'm literally sitting at home like, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a big deal. You know, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was now literally. That's being made into a gift right now. That's being made into a gift. I don't think I was on camera. Right oh, I was <laughs> No, I was excited. Let's just, it was, it was amazing. And, and that's all he has to do. So he's going to come up there and, and deliver these, whatever they're going to be. And the same is true of Star Wars. You know, I mean, and, but they did have things like they did have the, the Patty Jenkins X-Wing fighter uh, video. Didn't they show that at D23? No, no, no. That was at the Disney Investors Day call. Oh, that was, okay. At Investors D23 Day call. is when they brought out, like, uh, they, they announced Andor. They brought it They announced Ob- that uh, Hugh McGregor came out on stage yeah. and announced he was coming back but to play But these are Obi-Wan short and, things. It's not like then they yes, sit and exactly. do a Q&A. It takes a couple People, of minutes. Yeah, they just come out. And so when you think about two hours, it's going to be like watching a two-hour orgiastic cinema experience where everything they tell you is amazing. It's going to be like getting a climax every two or three minutes. But see, that's the key. We we keep calling it, and this is our fault too, we keep referring to it as the Saturday morning panel. But it's not really a panel. Right. It's not. They're not going to get out a big table with a bunch of the talent sitting down and answering questions. That's not what this is. This is really an announcement party. Right. It's going to be an announcement after announcement after announcement. I mean, Kevin Feige in the span of three minutes announced Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, uh, Moon Knight. Uh, I think it, that might have been when they announced Loki. I can't remember. But they announced a whole ton of stuff in like the span of just a couple of minutes. So the how much they will drop and how big those drops will be, we'll have to see. But is there enough time to do a ton of them if they want to? There is enough time. Are you guys attending Friday? I don't think we're going to get there in time to I, attend much on Friday. A lot of people in the chat are saying Friday is when they yeah, I think that's during the day before we'll have a chance because we're still doing the John Campus show in the morning. Sure, but we're not really a video game channel. Yeah, but I would listen. If we were there, if we were there, I'd go and cover it. Yeah, I'd go because because it, it is will it will be Disney property related sure. video games. So if we would have been there, I would cover it. But the fact of the matter is that I, I because we've got the John Campus show in the morning, I don't think we're going to be there in time for that. We'll probably be rolling in around dinner time, to be honest with you. But uh, either way, but I do think there's enough time. Anyway, guys. Uh, that is it for our Mint Mobile question of the day. Once again, guys, if you have a question, like to hear yourself on the show, go to our Mint Mobile hotline. Once again, the phone number is, as Jonathan will bring it up on screen here, 951-268-4259. Call on in and maybe you will hear your question on the show. Okay, guys, with all that down, it's time for us to go into our main topics here today. But before we do, we're going to take a second and thank another one of the sponsors of our videos. Once again, very faithfully, I took mine this morning, our friends over at Athletic Greens. Hey, guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Athletic Greens. Now, I started taking Athletic Greens because I don't eat enough vegetables. And I was looking for a way to make up for that deficit in my diet of those vitamins and minerals that I really need in my system. And thank goodness I found athletic greens and i literally take it every morning 
You see, with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, all the things. And my wife got onto it, and now she absolutely loves it. You know, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, like Athletic Greens. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash campia. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash campia to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Mm -hmm. And thank you to our friends at Athletic Greens for giving me some semblance of vegetables in my diet and for being a sponsor of today's episode. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics on the John Campus Show? Well, that's easy. You guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Rob, what is our first main topic today? Our first main topic comes to us from Samuel DeVos. Hi, John. During one of your shows, you said that you believe that House of the Dragon would open with bigger numbers than Rings of Power. Would where Rob said it would be dragon. He probably meant rings because you said rings. Then Rings of Power. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he probably said, okay. That you you said it would be Rings of Power. Um, where Rob said it would be Dragon. <laughs> no, no. I said it would be, I said Dragon would be the bigger one. You said it would be but Rings I'm, of Power. I'm just reading what I know, what, but he probably meant Rings of Power. <laughs> well, it looks like Rob was right. <laughs> Deadline is reporting that The Ring Show had over 25 million viewers for the show's debut last week, which breaks every record Amazon has and a lot of other records too. What do you attribute this to and can it maintain... These sorts of numbers. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, look, um, okay. First of all, yes, we did ask the question. I think it was the house of the dragon after show. And the question got posed to us. Do we think house of dragon will have the bigger numbers or the rings of power? And I said in all of my wisdom, listen, game of Thrones is far more recent. It is still very, very present in the pop culture mind. Game of Thrones will have, or house of the dragon will have the bigger numbers. Whereas Rob laid out his case as to why he really felt that the Rings of Power would have the bigger numbers. And yes, you are right. Rob was right. Uh, as it turns out, they did open with ridiculously large numbers. This comes to us from the folks over at CNBC who wrote the following. Amazon's first episode of its Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power series, attracted over 25 million viewers globally in its first day, making it the biggest ever debut for a show on its Prime Video streaming service. The series is based on the appendices of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings books and is the most expensive television series of all time. It is somehow fitting that Tolkien's stories among the most popular of all time and what many consider to be the true origin of the fantasy genre have led us to this proud moment, Amazon Studios head Jennifer Salki said 
in a statement. All right. So there's a couple of things to point out. While, yes, we reported that House of the Dragon launched with 10 million viewers, just, just a hair under 10 million viewers. It is important to note that that wasn't its worldwide numbers. Its worldwide numbers actually come closer to 20. Because the that was a little under 10 in the US. The next biggest market that they had was the UK, which had just a little under four, I believe. And then the rest of its markets made up about an, a, almost another six. So it came up to almost 20. So it was actually closer than it sounds. It's also important to point out, as Rob and I were talking about this yesterday, he brought up this point, and it's, and it's one you got to keep in mind, that Amazon, while they're both in the biggest markets, Amazon does have deeper market pre- penetration uh, and please, nobody say that's what she said, does have deeper market penetration than than HBO Max does right now. So it's in a few other territories, but still. A 25 million viewer opening for this is huge. Uh, it's, it's monumental. What do we attribute it to? I attribute it to two things. On the one hand, it's Lord of the Rings. It, it's it, in the fantasy. There is no grander name in the fantasy genre than Lord of the Rings. And whereas, yes, I still believe that, you know, Game of Thrones is much more recent. It's still more prevalent in the pop culture mind. The fact is, it's Lord of the Rings. And a lot of average fans just hear the name Lord of the Rings and they know instantly what it is. So I think that did it. But the second thing is this. Whereas we will often criticize Netflix for its inability to properly market its shows. Amazon did one flippin' hell of a job marketing this show. They really did. Everywhere I turned, everywhere I turned, there was rings of power ads everywhere I looked, even on my various streaming devices. I load up my Chromecast. The very first thing is saying, watch rings of power on Amazon Prime. I load up my Roku. Very first thing on the screen, watch rings of power on Amazon Prime. They went balls to the wall with their marketing and they did it well and they did it effectively. And Absolutely, the name Lord of the Rings is a huge part of it. Absolutely. But I do not think you can sell short the job they did on the marketing of this thing. Question will be now, what does the viewership pattern do over the next coming weeks? I, of course, did not really like the first episode of Rings of Power. I really quite enjoyed the second episode. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But Rob, we saw these numbers. We were both a little bit taken aback when we saw them. Um, What do you attribute these big numbers to? And why were you right and I was wrong? (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I look, I think the big numbers, it's that people, these are both entertainment franchises that have delivered in the past. I mean, whether you like the final season of Game of Thrones or not, it was enthralling television for the better part of a decade. I mean, it, 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 it captured the imaginations of the world. And the same was true of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies. I mean, it was a huge, one of the biggest gambles in Hollywood history that paid off handsomely. And even Peter Jackson's Hobbit movies, I mean, they were, I thought they went a little overboard. They still made close to a billion dollars each. Yeah. You know, and so these are huge, huge beloved franchises on both, on both sides. And you've got the best production people in the world making both shows. I mean, let's, whether you love Rings of Power or not, it's a handsomely, beautifully made TV show. It's undeniable. I mean, you look at it, the production values are insane. Um, and same is true of, of, of House of the Dragon. These are two shows that they have had their, their, their peak television. I mean, the history of the medium, we haven't had two shows that are, as, that are as well produced and as beautiful as these shows are. And I think that's what people look. Most people are not arguing on the Internet about 
whether or not Rings of Power is steeped in Tolkien's lore. They just want to see, because most people haven't read Tolkien. Most people just want to see an entertaining show. And a lot of people are getting that, obviously, from this. And I think regardless of, of I mean, I, th- I, see some of, I see some of the things that happen and, uh, and what they do to our beloved properties is the end of Western civilization myself. But a lot of other people don't feel that way. And I think either way, there are great entertainments being given to us by companies like HBO has done nothing but try and produce the best TV they can. We've always talked about they are the Tiffany standard. Their best shows come in a powder blue box with a white ribbon on top. And it is it is the best TV you can get. And Amazon has gone all in. It's the most expensive show ever made. They've really bet their entire streaming history or future on it. It's strange watching Rings of Power and thinking this is the same studio that gives us the boys. <laughs> it's kind of it's it's kind of like hard to balance uh, yeah and and you you know the boys is a good example amazon is giving us great genre fare i mean they're trying to do it's not like amazon's like yep we're gonna screw this up they're trying to give us peak television and to a certain extent they're giving that to us so i think you know regardless of the numbers both of these shows are monumentally successful with viewers and for the most part creatively as much as I, you know, I've talked to you about the lore, of course, in, in, in Lord of the Rings leaves a lot to be desired. But the show itself, if you're a casual viewer, there's a lot to love there. And that's what people are looking for. And I think everybody comes out right. I mean, I want to see where, where we're left at the end of my, my thoughts are Rings of Power will be less successful creatively at the end of its eight episodes than House of the Dragon will be at the end of its ten. But I don't know that yet. I have to see it. So either way, John, I think we live in fascinating times and we're getting extraordinary genre programming, the likes of which I never thought I'd see in my lifetime, to be honest. I thought Rings of Power was going to be 10 episodes. I think it's only eight. I thought it was five seasons of 10 episodes, 50. Can somebody look that up? I'm not sure. I could be wrong. You might be right. You might be right. Uh, So we'll find that. The guys will look that up here and we'll find that out. I mean, George R.R. Martin put it best a few weeks before both shows opened. What's that? Eight. It is eight. So there you go. It's eight. I thought it was 10. Um, George R. R. Martin, I thought, put it best when he t- when they were asking him about both shows coming out. And, and Martin was just like gushing. He's like, can you believe we're going to have a Lord of the Rings show and a Game of Thrones show going at the same time and just being excited about seeing it's it's a rich time for us to that, have stuff like this on TV right now. And a guy I mean, whether you know, whether you have, have Stephen Donaldson writing the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant or George R. R. Martin writing Game of Thrones or, or uh, these these books are all inspired by Tolkien. So all of these great fantasy writers, Terry Brooks, the sort of Shannara stuff, all of that was inspired by Tolkien's work. So you th- they all wanted to succeed. Everybody wants this show to be great. That's what they hope. Well, what, well, they should. At any rate, that's we know that's not necessarily true. But at <laughs> any rate, I still remember one of my favorite things was hearing a Dungeons and Dragons, a younger, younger guy, a Dungeons and Dragons player saying that the Lord of the Rings just rips off Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm just not going to say anything. I just decided not to say it. It's like that me. You just did the, who's that me? Oh, yeah, the Nathan Fillion. Yeah, the Nathan Fillion. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. All right, anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? What do you attribute to a 25 million viewer opening for a show like this while we've got also House of the Dragon shattering its own records and everything too? It's a good time. What do you attribute it to? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two.
Rob, what is our second main topic today? Our second main topic comes to us from Kevin Rubio. Oh, our friend Kevin Rubio. Our friend of the channel, director of Troops, the greatest Star Wars fan film ever. It would seem there's a lot to worry about with Don't Worry Darling, coming out of its first screening and press junket. Less than stellar reviews, rumors of tensions amongst the cast members, Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine, and Warner Brothers took down their marquee poster in front of the studio over the weekend. What's going on all right so i i don't know anything about the warner brothers taking that studio the the poster that could have been for any one of a thousand reasons that being said you know coming out of CinemaCon this year mm. one of the films we were all you me chris aaron right we were all really buzzed about was don't worry darling they put on a big presentation of course it's where olivia wilde infamously got served papers while on stage uh, an incident i'm sure everybody would rather never happened but you know, we all came out of that going, oh, my God, this movie's going to be awesome. This looks great. The trailers have been fantastic. Everything has looking, been, been looking good. Yeah, but you could make an entire movie about this movie. <laughs> and I believe they will someday. Now, look, let me give this preface when I say this. I don't like talking on this show about TMZ celebrity gossip bullshit. Like, I'll let other people talk about that shit if you want. But every once in a while, that useless garbage actually has a direct impact on the movies we are about to see yeah and the movies coming out right now and have a direct impact on them and that unfortunately is a situation we have right now we've got this movie coming out in just a couple of weeks and it just played at not the but one of the most prestigious film festivals in the world is playing out there and it has been like besieged by controversy drama problems one after the other ever since its inception some of which have been whispered up for a while that people like me have just dismissed because nine times out of ten it's never anything but we're finding out that you know what there was probably something to that everything from you know the whole Shia LaBeouf thing when he was supposed to be on and then apparently she said he he, uh, she fired him. He proved, provided receipts that shows that he actually quit and left the project uh, to a lot of people were very upset on stage at the replaced Shia LaBeouf with Harry Styles and that Olivia Wilde is the director of film started an affair with Harry Styles. I mean, so they say, and that, and, and, you know, that, that other cast members were really unhappy with the situation that, that, that created and the environment that created on set. The very fact that from the reports that we're seeing, Maybe true, maybe not. But the reports that we're reading in most of the trades is that uh, Florence Pugh got a little bit upset and finding out that she got paid $700,000 to do this movie, which hell, I'll do almost anything for $700,000, but got paid $700,000 to the movie. And this guy that the director was now sleeping with apparently got $2.5 million. Now, again, th these are all the whispers and everything. What is true and not true? That's something we're not privy to. But all that kind of stuff, most of that stuff we we kind of brush aside, but with all the stuff going on, then all the words of Florence Pugh and, and Olivia Wilde having a lot of tension, you know, Olivia Wilde did everything she could to kind of denounce that and all kinds of things. But everything that we're seeing now kind of makes it look like it was legitimate. Now you're at the, the, one of the most prestigious film festivals in the world. You're at the Venice film festival. You're at the premiere of your movie and a video comes out that looks like, I mean, again, I'm not God on the wall. I don't know 100% for sure. We can only go by what it looks like. 
Now, I was telling Taylor this morning, I watched this video for the first time, and it, we're talking, of course, about Harry Styles spitting on Chris Pine. And, and I don't know, maybe Chris Pine was just really thirsty. Who knows? But the first time I saw the video, I thought, well, I mean, he could be doing anything. I mean, that wasn't necessarily spitting. Then the second time I watched the video, I just watched Chris Pine. And that sure looked like a man who was just spit on. So I look, again, whether or not he did or didn't, I will leave that up to the collective wisdom of the internet to decide. But it's it certainly looked like. Like, I have not seen a movie with this much negative drama and garbage surrounding it in a long time. And it sounds like that all came out on screen because what looked like a fabulous movie, the reviews aren't so great. They're not completely terrible, but I mean, they're sub 50. Last time I checked, it's sub 50%. So at the very best, you can say it's mixed. A lot of people, by the way, a lot of the critics denouncing Harry Styles' performance, uh, saying it's not very good. Actually, this comes to us a little thing on this. This comes from the folks over at The Independent. They wrote the following. It is a messy, convoluted affair with some very contrived plotting. Harry Styles gives a surprisingly dull and low wattage performance as Jack. Jack is a one-dimensional figure, and the One Direction star fails to give him any hidden depth. Pew is easily the film's most vivid and compelling personality. She plays Alice in such a fiery fashion that most other characters seem robotic by comparison. Don't Worry Darling is beautifully shot by cinematographer Matt uh, Lipatique, uh, best known for his work on Darren Aronofsky's films. It has immaculate production and costume design. Beneath its polished, very stylish outer sheen, though, it's as hollow as the lives of its pampered but empty-headed protagonists. And that comes to us from The Independent. And again, there are some outlets that are saying they enjoyed it, but even they are saying it with like a grain of salt that like, yeah, it's, it's overall, it's good. But, you know, the, the, a lot of them are saying that the ending is ridiculous. I haven't seen it myself, so I'm not speaking for this firsthand. I'm saying just saying what I'm reading. So a lot of them are saying that the ending is ridiculous. Harry Styles isn't that strong in it, all that kind of stuff, which I assume only makes any whatever deep seated resentment is already there even deeper. So, I mean, and then this spitting on Chris Pine thing, which by the way, I just got to say this, if true, and that's a giant if, if true, that what we saw in that video is actually him stepping in, leaning or spitting on pine, and then sitting down. That is the most bitch, gutless, cowardly loser thing I have ever seen. If true, if true, because the little sniveling weakling coward made sure he did it in a place where pine couldn't do anything to react. In public in front of all these people, what's Pine going to do? Jump up and beat the living shit out of him like he probably deserved? Nope, couldn't do that because we're surrounded by all these people. Again, if true. Uh, it, maybe maybe that's not what happened. Maybe Styles literally just coughed. And Pine was like, dude, you just coughed on me. I, I mean, like seriously, it could be one of a hundred other things. Didn't necessarily do it. But if he did, that dude's a little bitch. That dude is a little bitch if he did. But again, that's if, and I simply just don't know. But Rob, we often talk about the fact that like in sports teams, when you have strife in the locker room, it is difficult for you to get the best results once you get out on the ice or on the court or on the field. And it, 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 with, with all the drama, it sounded like it was going on in this movie. 
I don't know how a good movie comes out of it. I mean, obviously, we've seen some of the great classic movies of all time. I and mean, a couple of Francis Ford Coppola things come to mind about some behind the scenes drama that still turned out into great movies. But you make your job harder. This whole hell, well, don't worry, darling thing has become an unmitigated mess and kind of a cautionary tale about what not to do on set of a movie and how to make a movie. At any rate, Rob, you're seeing all this. What are your immediate takeaway right now? First of all, it just makes me sad. I, I mean, obviously, we're both huge fans of Booksmart. And Olivia Wilde's Olivia Wild's debut movie, I thought, beautifully directed. What a knockout first film. And obviously, she had a lot of heat on her. And, you know, I was privy to see her. She had made basically what's called a, a ripomatic, a, a mood board, if you will. But it's sort of a, a video where you take images of other movies and other things and you put them together. And it's kind of like a trailer, a proof of concept trailer to convey what you what your vision is for the movie. She, I, I, she'd made that, and it was really great. Like, when you looked at that, and you probably had the script, and she came and made her pitch, and coming off of Booksmart, I'm like, wow, this is going to be a knockout film. So I was really looking forward to this movie. Matthew Libatique is an incredible cinematographer, and by all, uh, by all accounts, this movie is beautifully made. And, and I was really pulling for Olivia Wilde. We talk about we need more uh, top-drawer female directors making feature films at the level she's making Don't Worry Darling at coming off of something like Booksmart. She's working with a hell of a cast. And I, you know what? I'm going to be there with bells on when this opens. I'm going to see this opening night. I've been dying to see this movie. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, that's getting a movie made is so difficult. And getting a movie like this made, a genre movie, however it plays out, I don't know, is so hard. And it kills me. It just drives me insane to see this movie overshadowed by this drama, this needless, unprofessional drama. When someone's, again, we talked about it with the Ezra Miller situation in Flash. When someone spent tens of millions of dollars on you, you know, part of what you need to be is on your best behavior. And one of the most, it's a tale as old as time, John, but one of the oldest things in the book that happens in Hollywood is people hook up on set. It's so toxic and and not good for everybody that's working on a movie it's unprofessional and and by all accounts i don't know if that actually happened or not but if it did it shouldn't have you know and somebody should have said don't do this now you watch all this press all this stuff that goes on and another thing that olivia wilde did she goes you know i base this movie on jordan peterson who's the villain and if you don't he's a very divisive figure and she comes out because jordan peterson's the hero to the incel community which, by the way, is absolutely not true. And he's he's I'm not I'm not a Jordan Peterson acolyte, but he's like a real figure, a real public figure that is a is a known. He's a professor and a psychologist. Marvel, there's a guy who based the Red Skull recently on Jordan Peterson. And she comes out and you, you, you think that Jordan Peterson is some like uh, public enemy number one. And she said, I based. How would you like it if someone came out and said, I just based the villain on my new movie on you, John Campia? Why would you do that? And if you did do that, why would you say it so proudly, knowing you have followers? That guy has followers all over the world, you know. So everything that's gone on with the with the with this movie has has taken away, and from the celebration of the fact that Olivia Wilde, this is her sophomore effort. You've got a lot of great people that worked on this movie. A studio bankrolled it. Everybody took a bet on it. We should be excited about the film, and yet that's not what we're talking about. Well, what's been the narrative for the last? Week two, weeks. I know. Every time, how, did, how was this? How did this happen? Every time, don't worry, darling, has come up. The conversation around water coolers across America. Whenever the conversation, the topic of don't worry, darling, comes up, they're not talking about the movie. I know. They're talking about 
did you so-and-so hooked up with so-and-so on the set that so-and-so has has pressure with this that somebody said they got fired but no they didn't get fired they actually quit and now we're at the world premiere this was your opportunity to put all of that behind you you could have taken everything this world premiere at the venice film festival was their collective opportunity to take all the smoke all the noise and get the focus right back on the film instead all anybody's talking about is you know when florence Pugh and olivia wilde were up there for posing for photographs for four minutes they never once made eye contact you know it looked like harry styles walked in there and spit on chris pine you know this happened and this happened and 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 now the reviews are coming out which are not stellar and uh, you can't tell me that this hasn't affected people's perception of the movie of course it has and when you go 100%. in yeah when you go in and watch this film you're no longer judging it on its own merits Suddenly, all of this ridiculousness that has nothing to do with how hard it was to make this film becomes the focal point. And, you know, we'll, we'll never have an unbiased opinion of this movie ever. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this whole unmitigated, disastrous mess? Don't worry, darling, has kind of turned into a film that months ago we were all talking about this thing could be a damn Oscar contender. Look at this thing. And the narrative has suddenly changed from the behavior of a bunch of people. And it is going to affect this movie. It, it clearly is. So anyway, guys, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, before we move on to the next topic, we're going to take a second and thank another sponsor of today's episode. These are people who provide a service I've used many times in my career, and I still do to this day. The good folks over at Storyblocks. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Storyblocks. Guys, I have been an enthusiastic fan and user of Storyblocks for years. I go to them whenever I'm in need of content creation assets like royalty-free music, video clips, or templates for my creative projects, ranging anywhere from little editorial videos to my very own full-feature documentary. Storyblocks helps you bring your stories, videos, and projects to life without sacrifices due to time, budget, or access to resources. They have over 1 million different story assets, ranging from stock videos, audio and music, an in-browser video editor, and they feature pre-designed templates, animations, and outros. Storyblocks uses an affordable subscription model, and their unlimited access plans offers, well, unlimited video and audio downloads rather than a costly pay-per-clip model. With Storyblocks, you'll be able to create more content and more importantly, better content, all while using a subscription plan that fits your budget, utilizing unlimited downloads of demand-driven and diverse content. So if you're interested in upping your content creation game, head over to www.storyblocks.com campia and get started today. That's www.storyblocks.com campia. And thank you to our friends at Storyblocks for sponsoring this episode of The John Campy Show. Remember, guys, you can find the links and promo codes to all of our sponsors down in the description of this video. And when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So thank you again to Storyblocks. All right, with that down, let's get into main topic number three. Rob, what is our third main topic today? John, our third main topic, topic comes from Trip T. Considering Dwayne Johnson is like the biggest movie star in the world, I've kind of been surprised by how quiet the whole Black Adam marketing has been. The movie comes out next month, and we're really not seeing it around much other than on Dwayne Johnson's Twitter. But I just saw the movie's producer tweet that a new trailer is coming on Thursday Night Football. Do you think this will finally be the one that gives us an idea 
of what the story is. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Trip T. And yeah, listen, we were just talking about Black Adam a little bit earlier. Dwayne The Rock Johnson showing up in test screening. Maybe not the best idea, but whatever he did is excited the people that were there. But you're right. You know, things have been oddly quiet on the Black Adam front. And the movie's only a little over a month away now. I mean, that feels weird to say. It's finally almost actually here. I think we're probably within a week or two of it getting delayed again. But anyway, <laughs> it's finally almost here. And it's been surprisingly quiet. And even the trailers we have gotten, I wasn't surprised with the first trailer because the first trailer is the first trailer. Then the second one came out, we still don't really know what the movie's about. We, 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 we don't even know who the antagonist is yet. I mean, there have been some toy leaks and things like that, but they've been very, very, very quiet. So it sounds like maybe there's another trailer coming this Thursday. That's what everybody online is saying. Maybe, maybe not. This is where this is all coming from here. It comes from a tweet that the producer, one of the producers on the Black Adam movie put up, and, and it's this. So uh, Black Adam News retweeted saying, a new trailer for Black Adam seems to be on its way during Thursday Night Football on September 8th. And he retweeted the producer of the film, Bo Flynn, who tweeted, let's get crazy at Rams NFL, hashtag Black Adam, hashtag September 8th at NFL. Okay. Here's the important thing to know about the original tweet, though. The original uh, tweet that the producer put out was actually connected as a retweet that Ozzy Osbourne, I think, put out that he's going to be doing the halftime show at the opening game of the season between the Rams and the Bills. Thursday Night Football, going to have a huge audience. Again, that's a potential. Those are Super Bowl contenders right there playing in the opening game of the night. And as you go down through Bo's, all of his tweets, hashtag Black Adam is in every single one of his tweets. So let's bring this up again, Jonathan. So as he brings up and he says, let's go crazy because he's got the train on there because it was an Ozzy Osbourne announcement. Let's go crazy train at Rams NFL, hashtag Black Adam, hashtag September 8th, hashtag NFL. Could that be implying that we're going to get a new Black Adam trailer on Thursday night football this Thursday? It could. It could. But. I'm going to say right now, I'm going to need more than that. Because like I said, when I went through his Twitter feed, like every single tweet, hashtag Black Adam, hashtag Black Adam. And yes, the game is September 8th at NFL, all that kind of stuff. It, it seems to me that this is something Dwayne The Rock Johnson himself would be announcing yeah. online. So look, I will say this, though. This would be a coup. You drop a trailer for this on the opening game of the NFL season on Thursday Night Football when it's the only game on. And, like, the sports world is going to be watching. Oh, that's a great graphic, right? <laughs> and the whole sports world is going to be watching. And you, that's a, that's making a statement right there, getting that. So it would be a brilliant move on their part. The, again, the movie's a little over a month away. Perfect timing. Great opportunity right there. If they do it, it's a great move. I'm just not convinced it's actually happening yet. Now, for all I know, since this show has started, you know, an hour and five minutes ago, Maybe they've released some official information. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm hoping a new trailer's coming this Thursday. But for everybody going around saying it's confirmed, new trailer coming Thursday, I, I don't think it has been yet. Rob, you're seeing this. Number one, would it be a good idea to release a trailer on Thursday Night Football for something like that? And number two... From what we've seen, do you actually think we're getting a trailer this Thursday? Uh, I think it'd be a great idea, but I don't think that uh, that producer was saying that there's a trailer coming at all. He was referring strictly to Ozzy Osbourne. 
you know, crazy train. That's that's what he was saying. And if all of his tweets, because he's producing Black Adam, that he puts in every one of his tweets, hashtag Black Adam, there's no, there's nothing in his tweet that suggests there's a trailer coming. If there was a trailer coming, uh, don't you think he would say trailer coming on the opening game? You know, the Bills the Bills game. You can it's coming. You can see it. Tune in. They would be they would be touting this to the high heavens. It would be on Dwayne Johnson's Instagram feed, you know, in two days. The NFL game. It's not that's not, that's not the only thing that football's not the only thing flying. You know, it, it, they would do some shit like that, and it would be a huge deal. Finally, I mean, it the would, Rock comes back uh, to Thursday night football. Yeah, I mean, like that's that, yeah. it would do some huge. And the fact that they're not, I don't even understand how somebody came up with the idea that there is going to be a trailer dropping. It doesn't say that. Hashtag Black Adam. But if all of his, I mean, <laughs> if all of his, if all of his tweets have hashtag Black Adam, he produced the movie. He's going to put that on every tweet until the movie comes out. That's just par for the course. I mean, and you'd be the first one out to do it. Ray, you're seeing this. You saw the tweet. Do you think there go- there's going to be a Black Adam trailer on Thursday? It doesn't matter what you think. Sorry, I, ha- I had had to do it just once. No, really. Do you think there's going to be a trailer this Thursday? I'm not answering anything. <laughs> No, come on. No, really. Do you think they're gonna there's gonna be a trailer? Okay, Ray, if you're not gonna answer him, Ray, do you think that there's going to be a Black no, no, Adam let me, trailer? Let me take that line out. Ray, will there be a, a Black Adam trailer this this Friday? Or this Thursday, I should say. Remember the last bet we made for a trailer on a, a football game? I do. Yes, I do. I Are, lost that, that bet. Is this as where I we're going right now? Oh, Maybe you want to but put some on it, but I think the person who says there's going to be a trailer Thursday has the upper hand because it, didn't that tweet almost confirm that there will be a trailer? I, I don't think so. I don't I either. Really don't think it did. So I'll I'll give you the pro if you want. I'll take the con. I'll I'll say if you want to make it a bet, even though I'm not convinced there won't be. Okay. I'll take the there won't be a trailer this I'll Thursday. I'll take there site. will be, but now. We have. We need to have some stakes on this. Yes, that we do. Can I hop in on this bet? Oh dear. I have some some news though. Uh, the Rock confirmed it on his Twitter about three oh! hours ago. Oh, he did. See, that's what I. I just I said waited. maybe somebody confirmed. So he did. The Rock did that. Yeah, about three hours ago. Okay, do me a favor. Look, go Taylor's to Dwayne like, the Rock Johnson. Not my favorite person anymore. Go to I Dwayne the Rock the Johnson's uh, Twitter feed and bring that up because if he actually confirmed it, then there we go. Then there we go. Ray, you should have moved faster to make that bet, man. <laughs> look what happened look what happened Jonathan okay never done See, but this is what we've been saying right it's like why would why would the producer be doing that and not Dwayne the Rock Johnson have we been able to find that uh, that tweet that, oh, that apparently uh, he pulled up look if this is real and this is true that Dwayne Johnson just actually I mean can we just talk about how badass Dr. Fate looks in this shot oh here? yeah but, uh, Dr. Come on, Fate dude. this can be and it's being paid, played by Pierce Brosnan I know I Come I on. Wow. Remington Bond is playing Dr. Fate, which is going to be awesome. Remington Bond. But, I mean, again, if this is true, the the putting this on that day is going to be awesome. What's, what's that say Thursday? Uh, it's a pinned tweet. Just go down a little more. Uh, here we go. No, um, drops this week. And yes, our second trailer of Black Adam drops this week. Okay, he doesn't say Thursday. But what was that picture of him that said Thursday? Up here, up? He retweeted that Thursday. Thursday. And what? I can't read it on the screen. What does it say? Okay. Uh, it just says Art of Disruption. New. Oh, this is the Drops in Two Days, Project Rock. So that's not. Okay. So that has to have nothing to do with yeah. the trailer. But he is saying a new trailer drops this week. Yeah. So maybe it'll be Thursday Night Football. Maybe it won't. But 
I mean, it's still on, then. It's still on, baby. <laughs> but, but then here's the question, Rob. Look, they went through, they're calling it the second trailer. This is really the third trailer. Third trailer. trailer. There's a teaser and a trailer. A, a pretty full, filled out teaser. Yeah. How important is, like, we're at a third trailer now. They've got to start giving something about this movie, like letting the audience know a bit about what this movie's about, because I'm going to be honest with you. I get hundreds, sometimes thousands of messages a day from our viewers, whether it's an email or on my social media or in the comments it, it, on our videos, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is probably my second favorite movie star in the world. I love the guy. He's amazing. He's, uh, he's the most electrifying entertainment in the world. But I have not been sensing or feeling a sense from the general audience a huge amount of anticipation for this movie. And that, to me, is a failure in the marketing. And I think they really need, if, if a new trailer is indeed coming out this week, which sounds like it is, and if it is on Thursday Night Football, which is a huge stage for them to drop it on, if it is on Thursday Night Football, they've got to make this one count. It, I mean, the trailers previously have been fun, but I don't know that they've been trailers that are going to get people who have been on the fence excited about going to see this movie. I think they've got to deliver with this trailer. What do you think? I agree 100%. I mean, they haven't given me, at least, and I'm I, I'm an easy lay when it comes to this kind of material. I'll watch any superhero film, but even this film, I'm like, okay, what are you going to do for me that hasn't been done for me better by other superhero movies? <laughs> you know, I mean, it might be fun to watch, but is this going to be a Morbius situation? I, I, I mean, I, I hope not, but, <laughs> but I'm looking. I mean, the Morbius trailers were... I hate to say it, more intriguing to me than the Morbius trailers. trailers are quite good. Quite good. This this is like I'm like what is the, what I don't know is okay. There's a character named Black Adam who's menacing who wants to kill people or who who has no problem killing people. Great. So there's your character. What is the story? What is he going to be doing when he gets here? No idea. And I I want a reason to go to this film. How is Black Adam going to differentiate itself from any other superhero movie? Other than the fact that Dwayne the Rock Johnson, because they in haven't it. told us yet, and we haven't even seen, we've seen glimpses, images of Hawkman, badass, yeah. Doctor Fate, badass. I mean, the Justice Society of America is in this movie. I want to see them interact. I want to see. Give me a reason to even see them. But even just, we don't even know who the antagonist is. Uh, again, not officially, not officially. Ray, did you have something there? Yeah, I just wanted to know what network does Thursday Night Football play on? Do we know? I thought it was is that Fox. NFL? I thought it was Fox, but I might be wrong about that. It's probably CBS or NBC. I don't think okay. it's ESPN. Because, like, you know how sometimes they have, fo I guess, football on ABC? I was like, ABC might, would never It might be ABC. I'm not sure. Here's what they should do, though. If, if they're really going to, if, if they do it on Thursday Night Football, here's what they should do. Before, like, either before or after Ozzy Osbourne does, like, a halftime show. The, the lights should go down the stadium and come up and Rock should be standing at center field. <laughs> they're they're and, saying and it's NBC. It is NBC. Okay, so that's so that a makes prime sense. time channel right there. Yeah. So he sh And it should be him in the middle of the field and he should say, finally, The Rock has come back to Los Angeles and the power dynamic in the DC universe is about to change. And then they should be... I mean, they got... They should go balls to the wall with this. They should put Rock there physically in person at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Get that audience buzzing and going drop the trailer i i'm with you do something like that because they I'm bring be some showmanship they to need it, it. they need it because right now i mean the amount of not that we're trying to compare black adam to black panther I, i'm not but 
Right now, the amount of buzz and energy and excitement surrounding Black Panther is so eclipsing. I mean, Black Adam's really not even on the radar yet because they haven't given us a reason to yet other than The Rock is in it. And not enough. Not enough. Well, like anybody would be enough, it would be him. But it's it's not enough. They gotta do more. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Apparently, a new trailer is coming. Do you think it's gonna be on Thursday night football? Damn, I hope it is. I hope they go all out for it. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to our fourth and final main topic today. Rob. What is our fourth main topic today? Our fourth main topic comes to us from the monstrous Mike. Wondering if you saw that David Sandberg just debunked the rumors that Shazam got delayed because Warner Brothers told him to reshoot some of it. I guess some people thought that's why they delayed it. Apparently, the movie's been locked for a while now and it's almost done. Do you believe him? All right. So, yeah, recently when they announced that they were going to be moving the release dates for number one Aquaman, which they bumped back a lot. They also ended up moving Shazam. Now they only moved Shazam by a couple of months, maybe like 12 weeks, 10 weeks, something like that. It wasn't a major, major move. They moved it to where uh, Aquaman was going to be come out and they wanted to move it away from Avatar so they can have some IMAX screens for Shazam, but still, and understandably a bunch of people in the fandom were wondering like, like after Batgirl got canceled, Oh no. Is Warner Brothers making them change the movie? Are they making them retool the movie? And the narrative in some circles online has been that Shazam is undergoing massive reshoots and they're going to be doing all this kind of stuff. Well, apparently that is simply not true. The director's come out and kind of put that to rest when he was asked online by a fan. This came to us from that exchange. The fan asked, are you guys really doing reshoots for Shazam or is that fake news? To which the director, uh, David Sandberg, said, no. I've seen reports that Shazam is being quote unquote retooled, but it's not true. The cut has been locked for quite some time and we're doing the final mix color and visual effects right now. Everyone is happy with the film and we're not going to work any longer on it just because of the release date shift. They figured Aquaman's previous date was better for us. And that's the reason we moved. Definitely not shooting more. Now, this is interesting. Uh, Taylor, you can look this up for me because I didn't actually look at it. David Sandberg, at the same time the story came out, another story came out that he was actually offered a Marvel movie. And I can't remember. I, I, I don't know which one that was. I never looked it up. So if you can look up that story, Taylor, and find out what movie that was, that would be interesting to find out. But the fact that he's come out and said, no, 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 it, It's done. And here's an important thing, Rob. Before you're doing a visual effects, which is a hugely expensive part of the process, the studio usually has to green light where your film's at because what they don't want to do is to spend all the money on all the visual effects and then give a story change note that you got to go back and redo. <laughs> right. So they want to see that they've got the edit lock and then they'll go ahead and do that. So they seem to be at a place right now that no, no, the studio's happy with it. They're happy with it. Everybody's thrilled. We're just going to finish it off. And we literally just moved it because it was a great date and Aquaman wasn't on it anymore. I'm more worried about Aquaman, to be honest with you. Right. But the Shazam thing, I think it's a fairly solid lock right now. And you know me. I like the first Aquaman movie. No, let me rephrase. I love the first Shazam movie. Love, love, love the first Shazam movie. More than most people do, I admit. So I'm super excited for this thing. I think the, the previews for it, they showed us both at CinemaCon and we've seen since, have been absolutely hilarious. I cannot wait to see this damn thing and I'm happy for its date change. But you hear about all this and what do you think about what Sandberg is saying and even his need to say it? Well, first of all, I believe that, I utterly believe him. I mean, that movie's been in production for quite some time. 
And it, it, this was going to come out before, you know, a lot. I think it was already supposed to have come out its original release date. It's been moved a few times. It, it, uh, it, I've never heard anything about this movie being in any kind of trouble. And as we know that there's been a VFX pipeline issue all the way back to that threatened the release of Sonic 2. So this is not a surprise. The longer time that they've been given probably allowed them, like Sandberg says, to finish the VFX, to finish the final mix. And remember, the studios, they don't like it when their movies are being butted up against their release dates. If they can have them, ideally, studios would like to have their movies. I mean, it was really, I mean, there were times when things like Terminator 2 were very, very tight schedules. Peter Jackson pushed the Lord of the Rings movies up to literally, literally the very last minute. Like, if this print doesn't get on this plane at this minute, we're going to miss the release. <laughs> studios don't like that at all. That is not a, a way to, to make films. So this idea that, yeah, release dates might have been shifting, but I think this film is, like Sandberg says, that it's completed, it's done, and there was no problem making this movie. I don't think they had any of those problems. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Contrary to all the rumors, Shazam was not going through massive reshoots. They weren't changing the movie. It is coming. But where's your excitement level for Shazam right now? Not a lot of people are as excited about it as me. I understand. Maybe you're one of them. Helen Mirren as the villain excites me, dude. I mean, that's going to be so Come great. on. That scene where she's sitting at the picnic table with the French fries with Shazam. I love that. Anyway, what do you guys think about this? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, it is now that part of the show that we are now officially opening up the Super Chats because we're going to spend the rest of our time hearing from you guys. If you've got a thought, theory, opinion, question, speculation about any of the topics we just discussed or that we didn't, go ahead and fire those in now and Rob and I will discuss those for the last little bit of the show. Uh, one last plea here. Try to avoid multi-part questions if you possibly can because it does make it more difficult for us and you raise the risk of us maybe missing one of yours. So just be careful about that. All right. But before we get to those live questions, guys, we're going to hear from one more sponsor today's show, our friends and my phone service provider, the great people over at Mint Mobile. We want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, What's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of the retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. And guys, I have been using Mint Mobile for months now, and I could not be more thrilled with the service. I also couldn't be more thrilled with the fact that my phone bill now is literally one third of what it used to be with my previous major care. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com campia. That's mintmobile.com campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to Ryan Reynolds and the good folks at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that all down, now let's go over and hear from you guys. And we're going to start, of course, 
with our beloved channel members. And by the way, I forgot to mention off the top of the show, if you are a channel member, a little bit later today at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we are going to be having a channel members only town hall meeting where I'm going to be doing a live stream just with you guys. I'm going to give you guys some behind the scenes stuff about some announcements about some things we've got coming up on the channel, allow you guys to ask me some questions that you have. So if you are a channel member, make sure you come and join us at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That'll be a little bit later today. All right, right. What uh, are our channel members asking? All right. Our first one comes from Raymond Reddington. He says, what did everyone think of Jurassic World Dominion? I don't think you ever did a review for it on the channel. It was all right. It was all right. I, I, I mean, I watched it because Ray bought it at my place. That's how usually Ray watches. He just buys it on my accounts in my place. What did you think of it, Ray? It was pretty good. I actually, it was okay. It was okay. I mean, there should have been more more dinosaurs for sure. Those flying things. Oh yeah, the uh, whole insect aspect of it was strange. Yeah, strange it was thing. very odd. What very a disappointment. Odd. But I mean, over. I mean, but it had some upside to it. Did it had? I didn't it hate had, it. Had some upside to it. it. Was okay. The best I will say, it's okay. All right, what's next? Uh, we just got one in from Jose Santiago. He says, "If Harry Styles did indeed spit on Chris Pine, do you think this behavior will affect?" his joining the MCU. If, okay, and again, listen, this is a huge asterisk. This this is a massive capital I, capital F, if, if. But if, yeah, somebody gives Chris Pine a call and say, hey, did that dude really spit on you? And he says, yeah, he did. Yeah, Kevin Feige should fire him instantly. Yep. He should never be, nobody should ever work with this little bitch again. Nobody should ever work with him again. Period, end of sentence, no discussion. Like you're going to act like that at the world premiere of your film that you're supposed to be promoting and presenting a unified thing. And in the theater at the Venice Film Festival, where the world of movie punditry and journalism is gathered and you decide to walk in and spit on, by the way, a guy who is 50 times the man and actor that you will ever be in your pathetic little life then no one should ever work with this asshole again. Again. If it's true. <laughs> yeah. We Listen, let's, let's not forget, we very, five minutes after the show's over, Chris Pine may literally put out a tweet that says, guys, Henry, Harry didn't spit on me, okay? He sneezed and I gave him a dirty look. How dare you see? Like, it, seriously, it, it could be nothing. We got to keep that in mind. All right, what's next? Face mask, y'all. The, if they were wearing face masks, it wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> uh, Rob Alvilar writes, Amazon also had lots of marketing on their packages, too. Did any of you have the chance to watch House of Hammer yet that released last Friday? Oh, I didn't even know it came out yet. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it I either. I mean, of course, we talked about the trailer that they dropped for it a while ago. which More was lascivious, horrible. Yeah, It was disturbing. Yeah, Can't wait to see it. I, I'll probably watch it. It yeah. looks very tough. Yeah, it looks but, like it'd be a tough thing to get yeah. through and watch, but I, um, I, I am morbidly curious. I, I'll probably watch it. And it's a shame, too, because Army Hammer, like he was a, a top 10, top 15 favorite actor of mine for a little while. Yeah. And so it's uh, so watching is going to be tough. All right, what's next? All right, Jesse Price writes, Hey, Rob, have you tried mozzarella sticks with sour cream? Yes. And? Did you not see the video? Actually, I, I'm actually not on video. I, I, I was not. Look, I didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. I think we all were... We all three of us tried it. Taylor, Jonathan, and I tried it yesterday. We put out a video on Instagram. I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. I just didn't love it. It was all right. 
Like, would you ever it's have it again? If mozzarella sticks were there, would you actually go out your way? No, to man, order I, I, I'm a, a traditionalist. I like, like Jonathan put it best. He likes the acidic, that marinara sauce. When you have that marinara right. sauce, I mean, I mean, mar- uh, uh, mozzarella cheese is not, I'm a cheese fan. <laughs> mozzarella cheese is a very bland cheese as far as cheese goes. It's great for pizzas, but you need that marinara sauce to sort of All take right. it over the top. Jose Santiago, who actually just wrote that premium member chat, he just gifted five John Campia memberships. Oh, thank you, Jose. Thank you for that. Giving gifts, giving memberships out to some of our members. Now those members, those brand new members that Jose just gifted can come and join us for our members-only town hall meeting later. That's great. Thank you, Jose. Okay, the Super Ranger Mud Truck writes, Hey, John, what do you think about them making a cat in the hat, too, when it comes into the public domain similar to poo blood and honey you can't make a cat in the hat too um because you can make if, if cat in the hat comes in the public domain you can make a cat in the hat thing but you cannot base it on somebody else's previous work maybe he meant two as in t-o-o two oh, as it, in like how did he write it is oh it he put two but what if you meant it as in if, yeah then yeah and that's the thing about stuff thor anybody can make a thor movie that they want you just can't base any of it on any of the stuff that marvel's done with thor but on the original basic mythology of thor Rob and I can make a Thor movie tomorrow if we want. We can make a Winnie the Pooh movie, which is why we're getting that Winnie the Pooh horror movie, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, then, yeah, somebody else can take a shot at it if they want. I, I got to say, I found Mike Myers, just the look of his cat in the hat, extremely creepy for some reason. <laughs> I think Mike so Myers finds that, it creepy, like, too. So imagine that, like, murdering people. That could be... Oh, yeah, <laughs> do a cat in the hat horror movie, like a Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I'll be there for it. All right. Our, my, the last one we got is from Dwayne Cinema. He, he writes, finish watching Netflix Daredevil prior to his MCU debut. It was great. Also, my D23 guesses are Indy 5 trailer, Deadpool 3 news, X-Men news, and Fantastic Forecast. The only thing I'm going to say that I don't agree is X-Men news. I, I, I think they're going to keep that in their pocket. I think that, but Deadpool 3, absolutely. Uh Indiana Jones trailer, absolutely. Uh, what was the other one? Fantastic Four cast, absolutely. What 100%. about the X Men cartoon? The, they, there is a, a separate panel for car, for animation, oh, okay. I think. Okay. And I absolutely believe, yeah, they'll do some stuff with the X Men cartoon. But I, I think actual X Men news, uh, I because I still feel like that's a couple of years away. I think they're yep. gonna keep that in their pocket for another thing. What do you think? I, you know. They might announce what their plan is. Like they, they might announce we have a plan. Sure. And here's the plan. But you don't think they're gonna have up on the screen a big X Men X Men summer twenty twenty four or whatever. I think that they're gonna lead off with a Wolverine movie. It wouldn't be bad. They've got a big Wolverine game coming out. That wouldn't be bad. All right, what's next? Is that it? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right, let's move over to the <clears> super <throat> chats. Rob, what do we got? Andy says one of two. I watched Jaws for the first time ever nice. in IMAX. Sadly, I had to go to the lobby just before the ending to answer a text because I got invited to an. Right no, ask. Be careful with the multi-part questions in our very first one. Multi-part an, question. An orgy. <laughs> in the end, I missed out on what I was told was a killer ending, and the group thing I got invited to was canceled. SMH. What a sad weekend. First of all, Andy. I don't care what kind of an orgy you were going to go to. You missed the end of Jaws. Yeah. No, You've let us all down. Yeah, you don't do You've that. You've done yourself a disservice. You'll never forget what you did. You had an opportunity to see Jaws in IMAX. Go back and watch Riverdale. Dude. 
Come on, man. No orgy is worth missing a first-time screening of Jaws. Sex comes and goes as easy as anything, man. But the ending of Jaws on your first screening, dude? For shame. What's that? What's that Game of Thrones lady? Shame. Oh, yeah. Shame. shame. Yeah. Walk around with your held head low, my friend. Now that's a climax. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got denied two great climaxes, apparently. All right, what's next? Uh, Ron H. says, hey, John, what do you think about Nate versus Kazmat? Would love an upset. Uh... There is never, I don't think you will ever see a more one-sided fight in the UFC ever. Nate has no prayer. No, they, I think the UFC is mad at Nate Diaz and they are literally throwing him in front of this buzzsaw that nobody has been able to even remotely slow down yet. They, no, seriously, they're, they've, it's like they're throwing Nate Diaz's raw meat into a hungry wolf. It's, I, I, I'll be surprised if it gets out of the second round, to be honest with you. I mean, I love Nate Diaz. I'd love to see him put on a good show, but I really think we're about to see him get slaughtered like we've never seen him beaten before. Eesh. Eesh. All right, what's next? Uh, Luis Enrique de la Pena says, if they're not doing a film about Maverick Sr., what do you think about a Top Gun movie about the origins of the program in the late 60s with new characters? Same problem. I don't think the general audience cares about the Top Gun name as much as they are about tom cruise in the top gun name plus they wouldn't be able to make the movies the way that tom cruise wants these movies made now actually in the actual planes actually filming actual because those planes aren't around to do it and so yeah i just don't see it happening. those jets aren't as exciting either and they're the just jets... not as technolo technologically advanced they nope. can't handle as yep. many maneuvers mm. you already did the star wars death trench or uh, death star trench run so i mean what, what's left all right what's next they, uh, Elizabeth fly, they actually fly into a cave and then they have to blow up uh, the, the core of the cave and then get out And then out get of the out in time as the cave is exploding <laughs> behind them. Perfect. Elizabeth Gerardo says, at the last D23 Expo, they had a panel specifically for Disney+. Plus. After seeing the schedule, no Disney Plus panel. Are they using the Marvel Star Wars panel to announce both movies and TV shows? It is a Lucasfilm has a part of that panel. So Lucasfilm entails Disney Plus. But I believe they are doing Disney Plus Day. Yeah, that's like on September 8th. Yeah, yeah, which is which is coming up here. So like uh, they're doing Disney Plus Day. So yeah, but yeah, I do expect the big Lucasfilm Star Wars Disney Plus announcements will come on the Saturday with Lucasfilm. I, at least that's what I'm expecting. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw says, I have no idea what Black Adam is about. They should bring Cavill as well and make it SoFi Henry. SoFi Henry. Listen, I... Somebody asked me this question. It's a good question to say, John, if Henry Cavill is in this movie, which let's face it, he's probably not. But, but if, if he was, do I think they should advertise that or keep it secret? Normally, I give the correct but non-fan friendly answer, which is you market it because you got to sell the movie. Right. Look what happened to Justice League when they refute when they didn't market Henry Cavill as Superman in the movie, realized that was a terrible mistake and then started putting him in all the thing. I think you market it. But in this specific situation where Henry Cavill's appearance would be as Superman would be such a surprise, I will actually go the opposite this time and say you, they should probably keep it secret. I just think that, you know, keeping something like that a secret lasts until the first show happens Thursday night at seven o'clock and then it's then not the secret knows. anymore. And then if you haven't marketed it that way, let me, let me put it this way. If Henry Cavill is in more than seven minutes of the movie, right, then you market it. If it's a pop up quick surprise, then, yeah, you keep it secret. All right. What's next? I, I, I pray for the person who's sitting in front of you. If Henry Cavill is in this movie. 
because they're going to get a nice surprise. <laughs> it's going to be jizz-tastic, my yeah, friend. I, 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 be, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to point out um, uh, Cullen Prime. He just sent a premium chat, but it's, it was just to thank Jose Santiago for gifting him a membership. Oh, oh that's awesome. That's nice. nice. All right. All right, what's next? James Quartz says, why no chat on Better Call Saul? Amazing finale and a better show than Breaking Bad. Because you don't watch it. Can't talk about a show I don't watch. I saw the first two seasons, really, really liked it, but I just I just fell off of it. I never got back on, even though I like the show, but we don't watch it. That's why we don't talk about it. All right, what's next? Ian S says, hey, John and Rob, my most anticipated movie for the rest of the year is Amsterdam. What are you all looking forward to? Also, it's my birthday. I'm 29. You know, people ask, I do these Ask Me Anythings on the community tab quite a bit. And people, what's your most anticipated movie? I was like, dude, I have no idea about release calendars. I like, other than the fact of what's coming out this week, I have a hard time remembering what's coming out this year. But Amsterdam absolutely ranks very high on the list. They showed us a big preview for it at CinemaCon. Oh, it looks fantastic. Ago. Looks so good. The cast is killer fantastic director i mean i know we were both really excited about absolutely this. and you know i will tell you yesterday on my i have an amazon fire stick in my tv amsterdam the banner has now popped up oh nice so the, it, they've moved into the marketing mode of that film and it's david o russell's new movie yep. I, I mean it's just and he's looks, worked with a number of these actors before, oh, obviously a lot with christian bale and they've won oscars working what a christian powerhouse bale. cast that movie looks wildly entertaining yeah. i am very looking forward to cannot it cannot wait fantastic right, what's next sub mcshave says we get a full course meal with rings of power and house of the dragon episodes disney series like obi-wan and she-hulk feels like an appetizer or small salad in comparison i think that's fair and you know an appetizer and a small salad can be perfectly delightful uh, i mean obviously look i was kind of disappointed with obi-wan um i'm enjoying she-hulk but but let's not as much as I'm enjoying She-Hulk, it is a light dish. Yes. It's it's light. It's meant to be just kind of fun. You know, you don't have a scene with Megan the Stallion and She-Hulk twerking if you're trying to be House of the Dragon. <laughs> like So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's just, it's not something you do. But so, yeah, though, I, I agree. <laughs> they do seem, Obi-Wan should have been a main course. Should yes, have been a main course. But should. I was disappointed with Obi-Wan. But still... Uh, being a light appetizer, that's fine. You're right, though. Rings of Power and House of the Dragon are the meaty bits. Absolutely. The main course. 100%. I totally agree. So. All right, what's next? Uh, Suthius says, uh, Lynn is about to shake hands with Zaslav. Door opens, and in walks Feige. Lynn looks at Feige, then looks at Zaslav, <laughs> then looks back at Feige. Shit. Lynn gets up and shakes Feige's hand. Laugh out loud. You know. And scene. You, you think, so first of all, Kevin Feige ain't about to come in and offer Lynn his job. So that's that's a different thing. But it's almost like I picture in my head that infamous Shawn Michaels kicking Marty Jannetty through the pane glass of the barber shop in uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake's interview segment back in the old WWE real, days. It's the quick <laughs> screw job. Real, that's a deep cut. Most of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's a deep, deep cut. Kudos to you if you actually know what I'm referring to. All right, what's next? <laughs> Sam Fisher says, one thing I want to see in House of the Dragon is how does Valerian go from the wealthiest house being a dead house and the Lannister house being the wealthiest house? Well, I mean, I think they kind of reveal that in Game of Thrones. The Mad King got overthrown. There was a revolt led by Robert Baratheon and supported by the Starks and all that kind of stuff, and they deposed them. I mean, obviously, we're about to see a civil war 
with the Targaryens as well. That's going to diminish them a lot as well. But right up until the beginning of Game of Thrones, or just not long before the beginning of Game of Thrones, Targaryen was still on the throne and then got deposed. Yeah. So they were there for a while. Yeah. All right. What's next? They just had no dragons. Uh, Ed, Edgar Magana says, have you heard about the new Blade Runner 2099? Yeah, I like Amazon. I think it's Amazon is talking about a series spinning up a, a high budgeted series. And I'll tell you right now, I think it's a mistake. I, th- I think it's a mistake. Nobody went to go see Blade Blade Runner 2049 was fantastic. And nobody went to go see it. Nope. Didn't make a lot of money. I, I so t- spending that kind of money, rolling the dice on Lord of the Rings. That's a much better bet. I, obviously, they're not going to spend Lord of the Rings money on it, but. I I think it's a mistake. I don't know, Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, okay, if you have an idea for a story about replicants who are essentially, I mean, they've sort of covered the ground of Blade Runner is that can an artificially created life form have a soul? Basically, that question has been asked and answered. The answer is yes, it can. That was kind of the whole point. And then Blade Runner 2049, we know that a replicant can now reproduce with a human being. So replicants are actual human beings. They can reproduce. So 50 years on, what's going to happen? What's the story? Republicans pay taxes? I mean, I don't know. I'm stretching. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, what's the story 50 years? I, I, get, I don't I don't know. Oh, they can have kids now. They can have kids. Okay. You, you, we got to have that problem. You can have that problem too. All right, what's next? <laughs> Stubble McShave says, I wouldn't be surprised if the showrunner left to develop the next Game of Thrones series coming after Jon Snow. I don't think House of the Dragon or Snow will have many seasons. I don't know if that's true, but I, I agree with Stubble. I, I wouldn't imagine that House of the Dragon, with the rate, the 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 way they're jumping ahead in time. They've gone through three and a half years already. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that the Targaryen Civil War would serve itself well. Maybe it's only two, one and done or two. It's going to be two seasons. I can't see them stringing it out any longer. And I think the idea of doing, if you could get multiple series that are the quality of House of the Dragon, and they were limited shows, maybe one or two or even three seasons, that's a really cool way to go. Yeah, but I got a feeling if he was still wanting to play in the Game of Thrones sandbox after working full-time in it, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for three years, I think he would just stay. I, I don't know that he's left it just to do more Game of Thrones. I think they HBO gave him an open first-look deal so he can kind of playing other sandboxes too so yeah and he might be interesting he probably already has a series he himself wants to develop yeah i mean yeah i'm sure he has something he wants to do the same way that homeboy watch is making star wars skeleton crew right john watts john watts you know he already knew that he, he already knew what he wanted to do so he 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 had an opportunity he had the clout now he gets to go make something he wanted to make all right what's next uh kylo ken says hi guys with Don't Worry Darling getting a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, if it severely underperforms, could it affect Olivia Wilde's offers to do Marvel content at Sony and Disney? It would not be the first time something like that has happened. I present to the jury exhibit Y, Josh Trank, yeah. who had a deal in place to do what we now know was going to be a Boba Fett movie for Lucasfilm and then Fantastic Four came out and then all the drama that surrounded the Fantastic Four and then suddenly there were schedule conflicts and he wasn't later we found of course he was summarily fired and and dropped from the project and then they just killed the project altogether Um, so it would not be 
the first time something like that happened. It's not normal, though. It isn't normal for it to happen. But listen, if, and again, giant asterisks if, if this movie does underperform, and then the studio decides that they're going to paint a direct arrow pointing to this all started because you decided to fool around with one of the actors on set that caused all this behind the scenes drama. This caused all the things, the turmoil. It, it distracted from our marketing of the film. It created all this circus sideshow that the whole thing, and it hurt our film. If the studio decides that that's what happened again, this is all theoretical. It's all built on if, but if that's what happens, yeah, I could see other studios who had been lined up to work with her going, oh, you know what? Look at, oh, I totally forgot we were supposed to be doing something else and maybe going another direction. I don't know. What do you think? No, either way, I think Olivia Wilde's status as a director in the industry, an up-and-coming director in the industry, is definitely damaged. doesn't matter. I mean, like you said, winning cures everything. If this movie was a huge success, maybe. But it looks like it's not going to be a huge success. So she's got two strikes against her. She's got all this social media turmoil and her film underperformed. So now it becomes the question of does that drama. And listen, I am saying that you guys watch my show. I am a big Olivia Wilde fan. Me too. I, I mean, you'd love, love her. But if you're a studio, this is the type of circus that is going to travel with her now. And if you're a studio and you're looking at making another movie, do I want the press talking about my movie or do they want the press talking about all this drama baggage that she brings along with her? And I don't know what the answer to that is. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to be judgy. This is somebody I'm a big fan of. I'm just saying, I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't either. All right. What's next? Jay master says breaking Chris Pine rep says that Harry styles didn't spit on the actor calling it complete fabrication. There is nothing but respect between these two men and any suggestion otherwise is a blatant attempt to create drama. What, first of all, Jay, thanks for uh, tipping in $20. Appreciate that. Okay, so I don't know if what you're saying is true, but what did I just say a minute ago? For all we know, five minutes from now, Chris Pratt, or Chris Pratt, Chris Pine may put it on Twitter, no, Henry, Harry, Henry, Harry did not spit at me, right? He did <laughs> not spit at me, right? If that's the case, and, and this is actually accurate information that Jay is giving us, if he's getting it from an accurate source, then that answers that question. I told you, the first time I saw it, and I just watched Harry, I'm like, well, maybe he spit, but he could be doing anything. It was it was Pine's, look on Pine's face, because Pine looked like a man who just got spit on. But I mean, if if he didn't, then it's just another things surrounding this thing so here's hoping that's the case yeah hoping that's the case all right what's next uh and my i am ho reviews says do you think warner brothers could replicate disney's strategy and re-release the suicide squad now that the word is out that it was awesome what would be the point yeah i mean i what would be the point spider-man did two things spider-man number one was a record shattering box office wildly popular film that made in the billions of dollars. And then you re-release that with extra footage and it made almost 6 million bucks. Great. Suicide Squad is a fabulous movie, but ain't nobody saw it. Nobody went to go see it. And it didn't make anywhere near the impact that Spider-Man No Way Home did. What would be the point of doing a re-release? Do you think it's going to make as much as Spider-Man's re-release? It wouldn't. Maybe makes a fifth, so maybe $1 million. I, I really just don't see the point of it. Anyone that heard it was great just streamed it. So. Yeah, anyone yeah. that heard it was great. It's already watched it on, on uh, HBO Max for free. 
and I, I say this as somebody who totally loves this movie, but I just don't see there being any point. All right, what's next? Uh, Elmist says the DC fans scared Dan Lin away. I don't think loud. I don't think that's true at all. Not I either. think if they would have, he wouldn't have entered negotiations at all. I think this is exactly what the report said it was. I don't think they were able to come to financial terms on the idea of him having to walk away from his production company. I think it was going to cost a lot more than they should pay. And I don't blame him for asking for it because you're walking away from a huge thing that you built. So I don't blame him asking for any amount of money that he asked for. But at some point, you got to say, I think you, you mentioned this, Rob. It just in principle, you can't pay x amount of dollars right for one person so yeah all right what's next andy says hbo max released the first full episode of house of the dragon on youtube yes, they did whoever's running hbo max and its marketing are geniuses it helps them stand out from other services now that's not they've released other various first episodes of shows i think there's no better way to get people interested than that it's a terrific idea it, the episode's already out Right? It's out. You got nothing to lose at this point. For all those people who are not yet HBO subscribers, hey, watch it for free. Come get your first hit. They're the crack dealer on the corner, man. Get your first hit for free and get hooked. It is a brilliant idea. More shows should do this. YouTube for them is a free service. Pop it up on there. Let people see it. Attract them to your subscription service. It was a great idea. I wonder if it's ad-free on YouTube. Can you watch the whole hour ad-free? I think that's a YouTube decision. Yeah, but I'd be curious. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Victor Victor Edbaum says this past. By week, the way, Victor like tipped in like twenty one dollars. Twenty one fifty five. Thank, you, Victor. Appreciate Thank that, you for that, Victor. This past weekend, I had a horror double feature at home. You're gonna love this, John, with an American Werewolf in London and The Descent. My two favorite horror movies. Thank you, dude. Both for the first time, and I thought they were so good. Thank you, John, for putting these on my radar. By the way, John, those that is an outstanding double feature. Two completely different films, too. There you go. Look at John's oh. got a laser disc. This is the laser disc of American Werewolf in London that was given to me as a gift by Robert Meyer Burnett. I got to get it's you a frame for that so you can put it yeah, up. Yeah, I do office. have to get this. I'm, I'm going to take this to Michael's and get it framed, actually. Um, yeah, the American Werewolf in London to this day remains the only horror movie that I cannot watch at night with the lights off. That's it. No other movie. I mean, I obviously watched this when I was a young kid and it, yeah. the trauma has stayed with me my whole life. The Descent is a modern horror masterpiece. The, uh, the, the tension in that movie. So the transformation thick. stuff, you know, the uh, American Werewolf was the first film to win an Oscar for makeup, makeup effects. That's right. In That's 81 right. for Rick Baker stuff. And that that physical transformation in bright light, still one of the great transformation sequences in any, any movie. So, dude, that is a so great good. double feature. I got to do that sometime. And The Descent is just, I, and it's coming soon. Me sitting, Chris Carr and Aaron Cummings down to watch The Descent and filming their experience watching it. I'm, I'm so excited about that. I don't know that I'm excited I just about watch any it. other video. I want to watch their, their reaction. All right, what's next? <laughs> uh, TJ Thomas said, ever watch, a pers uh, ever watch Person of Interest? Really great TV Always show. Always heard great things about it. Never got around to it. It had a long, successful run. I got to watch it sometime. I watched it. I watched it sporadically, but there was this overarching mythology that I never, I wanted to see how it was resolved. This this is the guy from Lost, right? And it, Yeah, yeah. Michael Emerson. And, and the guy from. And who played Jesus. Uh, who played Jesus. And, Jim Caviezel. Yeah. Caviezel, that's his name. That's right. Um, yeah, no, I've always heard it was good. Yeah. I, I just never got around to watching it. Someday that'll be a. Someday when I catch like a really bad flu that has me on my ass for a week or so, I'll probably just binge through yeah. it or something. All right, what's next? Uh, Joshua Cohen says, I know that you don't like X actor in X role, but how about Tom Holland as Harry Styles? 
I have no idea what you mean. If he by can that. spit, he's got the job. Uh, if he can spit, he's I got guess. The job. I guess like Tom Holland playing Harry Styles in the Harry Styles biopic. Um, I, why wouldn't you just get Harry? Britain's Styles? Britain's Got Talent that? all the way to dating Olivia Wilde on the set of Don't Worry, Darling. I mean, Tom Holland would probably act as Harry Styles better than Harry Styles would as Harry Styles. But I mean, other than that, wow. I don't see. I'm sorry, he's not. Apparently, he's not that good of an answer. Said, wow. Harry Styles' army of fans said, wow. is going to descend on this show, and we're all going to get swarmed. All right, what's next? Uh, Al Renshaw says, this past weekend was probably the best weekend, most relaxing in my life. I saw my cousin. I went to Maestro at the movies on Saturday nice. and tried various restaurants. Damn near religious experience. Uh, I, listen, I'll tell you what, though. That, going to that Maestro of the Movies concert every year is like one of the highlights of the year for me. Going to see the goat of goats, John Williams, up on stage doing his thing. And that harp, that, that Philharmonic is fantastic. Oh, yeah. And this, you pointed this out the other day, that the sound in the Hollywood Bowl is immaculate. Especially for a symphony. Yeah. I mean, you can hear every instrument. It's it's just so good. And yeah, it is it is a nigh-religious experience. You're right about that, man. All right, what's next? Uh, Bradley Michaels says, four days Samba TV's House of the Dragon 4.8 million U.S. households, Lord of the Rings, 1.8 million. Yeah, that was Samba's thing. The real comparison, and, and Amazon disputes that, by the way. The one interesting thing came out that, uh, what's, it, what's it called? Um, uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things Season 4 had, I think, a 25% higher U.S. viewership right. than the debut episode of rings of power now of course there's a couple things there this is season four of netflix's by far most successful show and it's their fourth season it was the highly anticipated debut mm -hmm. and and it fin finished ahead of the first episode of rings of power the the debut episode of rings of power in the u.s market alone worldwide it's a different thing but yeah so the different numbers different things but i mean there's just no getting around whatever way you want to paint that 9.8 million that house of the dragon did or whatever the 25 million are that that how that uh, rings of power is both of these shows are out to gangbuster starts like yeah. way beyond what i thought they would but for both of them I, I never thought either of them would get those that i mean we knew they would be big i just didn't think either of them would be that big all right what's next anubis genocide said thanks rob and ray for introducing me to for all mankind i binged it all over the weekend well, Anubis Genocide. That's it's, a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's thirty. You episodes. guys promote this show more than Apple Plus does. We do. <laughs> you do. I mean, you totally do. We I like this show more than Apple Plus likes it. I mean, if it. any network is going to pay us something, they should pay us. I mean, they did contact me, and we did get some free swag. Which, by the way, we could use some more free swag. You know what? I would love to get that pin set, that exclusive pin set. You're going to ask You're for a walk-on extra roll. No, like, no, no. Oh, walk-on extra roll. No. I want to go to the moon. They need to take us. to oh, the I want to die on Mars. Uh. <laughs> Come on. All right. What's next, John? <laughs> What's next? Uh, it, I am H.O. In my honest opinion. Uh, uh, in, my, no, in my honest uh. opinion reviews. I just want to say in my honest opinion. After Encanto and Raya, I'm really looking forward to what Disney Animation has been working on. Listen, Disney Animation kind of for a little while became the ugly stepchild compared to Pixar. Like they, Pixar was the favorite kid under the Disney roof. But they have two. And the funny thing was John Lasseter for the long time was the head of both animation right. studios. He was doing both. Now they have two separate leaders, both doing a terrific job. Disney Animation has been killing it. They've been doing really, really great. Um, whereas Pixar has been treated like the ugly stepchild lately. I, I mean, it's like not putting their films out in theaters, dumb down thing. Obviously, uh, Lightyear did not work out the way they wanted it to. So uh, it's going to be interesting. To see. But yeah, Disney Animation, been killing it. They've been doing a really Kill good it. job. All right, what's next? 
Uh, Vixter, 5001, says, anyone surprised at Matt Smith's versatility in uh, House of the Dragon? Should have seen him on stage in American Psycho the Musical. Scary and vulnerable all in one. I'm not, I mean, I've never seen it, obviously, but I'm not surprised. The guy, I, Anne actually got me watching The Crown on Netflix. Uh Oh. Where he played Prince Philip. And he's so good in that. He's so good in that. Now, I never, I'm not a Doctor Who viewer, so I never saw him as Doctor Who. But yeah, this guy has been nothing but amazing as Damon Tigerian in House of the Dragon. I know Ray's over there nodding his head. Yep, yep. yep. That's that's Ray's guy. Is Damon Damon and Raymond. Damon and Raymond. Greatness that rhymes. All right, what's next? (laughs) Dr. J says it's time for Ray Ora to move out of the studio kitchen and into his own executive office following today's outstanding graphics. You couldn't pay me to hang with that don't worry darling crew. Hashtag army of Ray. Now, not a lot of people know that Ray actually runs everything here. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's, uh, he's the wizard behind the curtain. If it smells like Hot Pockets, it's because of me. If it smells like any food in here, it's because of me. <laughs> He's uh, raised the chief executive scent officer of yeah. the uh, of the uh, studio uh, all the time. All right, what's next? Uh, Trevor says, I went to the Paramount in Austin on Sunday to watch Lawrence of Arabia nice. with a friend that had never seen it before and loved it. One of the best looking movies with an all time great movie score. Well, Trevor, no one here is going to argue that. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Peter O'Toole. One of the greatest cinematography efforts you'll ever see in a film. Omar Sharif. Ever. Um, that that was one of the pivotal movies for me. My my parents let me see that when I was like a kid. And now whereas Star Wars was is my earliest childhood memory. My parents showing me uh Lawrence of Arabia, it it really solidified my love of movies. And that's why to this day, Lawrence of Arabia is in my top 10 all-time favorite films and probably always will be. If, if you are a film fan and you don't have Lawrence of Arabia in your repertoire right now, do yourself a favor. Watch it. Watch it. You'll, it's, it's amazing. The scope. I mean, it's the, the scope of filmmaking that they really don't do a lot of anymore. Right. You look back. At, at they Elizabeth can't do it. Taylor in, in Cleopatra or, or stuff like that. Or, or uh, I was almost said Spartacus, not Spartacus, but... Uh, uh, ben Hur, right? Uh, they, they, Lawrence of Arabia, this this grand scale kind of majestic filmmaking. Got to watch, got to watch. Actually, like one of my, I love that movie so much that one of my editor business cards is Lawrence of Arabia. So it's got him. It's the match, or it's the uh, the cut, the famous cut where he blows out the match, and oh, it cuts really? to the wide shot. So on one side, he's blowing out the match, and it's got some information for me. And then when you flip the card, it's the it's the edit to the wide the wide shot. Nice. He's got my contact info on it. I like that. That's clever. All right. What's next? Dwayne Fernandez says, hey, guys, just wondering, since you have sources in Disney, Warner Brothers, why not ask them for scoops from time to time? Um, number one, because that's not what you should do. Yep. <laughs> uh, number two, that's how you end relationships uh, with people that you have. Number three, fuck scoops. I, I am I am not in the scoop business. I mean, like there have been like, I think four times, I think four times that I have broken a scoop. Three of the times, dead accurate, I was the first one by months to break the news. Once, oh my God, was I so wrong. <laughs> the information that got given to me was so wrong. But like, here's the thing about scoops. Who gives a shit if I'm the first person to get something out there? 
The reality is once it's out there, I'll know about it five minutes later, and then we can talk about it on this show. Scoops would literally not do a single thing for my show. It, it wouldn't do anything for my show. We're still going to talk about the same stories. Right. I mean, so it, it, it doesn't really matter. So yeah, number one, it's the best way to end relationships of saying, hey, let me use you. Tell me stuff. <laughs> now, every <laughs> once in a while, these people we know will sometimes give us a little whisper, let us know a little something, something. Sometimes it's things we can talk about. Sometimes it's things that we can't. And that's all good. But yeah, the moment I write to somebody and say, like, think about any relationship you have in your life. The moment you write to think, hey, so uh, what's the inside scoop on this? Then that's the, then you'll never get another email from them again. I mean, that's just the way to end things. All right. What's you next? want scoops? Go to 31 Flavor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get that. <laughs> Jean-Viev with a $20 super chat says, Harry has been in the celeb industry for 11 years has always been described as extremely nice and respectful in professional settings, so I'd highly doubt he'd spit on pine in front of so many people. Here's the thing. You don't know them. You don't, you don't know them. I don't care if somebody's got a bad boy reputation. You don't know them. If they've got the most pristine, wonderful, glowing reputation, you don't know them. I don't know them. Whatever. That's why, I mean, we can only go by what we see, right? By what we see and what we have. And what we... Uh, C is apparently somebody going on set and start having an affair with a married director and, and whatever. Oh. No judgment here. We don't know what happened, but that's why I said, like when I first saw the spit thing, I'm like, that might be a bit of a stretch that he's spitting on him. I, that didn't, I, it was the Chris Pine look that made me start thinking maybe it is real, but listen, I, I am perfectly content. If Chris Pine's rep actually did come out and say that that wasn't him spitting on him. I'm perfectly accept that. I, I 100% because I thought, because I asked, I remember we talked before the show and I'm just like, you got to know you're in a theater at the Venice Film Festival and like, there's a million eyes on you. Like, why would you do something so dumb? But uh, so if, if it turns out that indeed, that's why we always said with the big massive asterisks and I, if, if it was true, but I'm perfectly content that it wasn't if that's what uh, Pines rep said. Perfectly content. Me too. All right, what's next? He's like a llama and he felt threatened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quality not included says when Damon left the cave, he was covered in the CFs, the crab feeders blood grayscale subplot. I don't think so, because we fast forward when you right. look at images of him set later in the show with the older Rhaenyra. He's perfectly healthy. And that's so that's apparently going to be years and years and years later. So I don't know. And. And I don't know if they were saying that was grayscale or if that were like barnacles and like there's a yeah, little bit know. of. Uh, I mean, it definitely looked like grayscale and it had progressed. It, did. it progressed from from the first couple episodes. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But it certainly doesn't look like Damon gets us anything. But we'll find out. All right. What's next? Purple Funk. That's how I felt when Prince died. Could Black Adam be the villain against the Justice Society of America? No, he's not going to be the villain in the film. He's, he's clearly going to be set up as an antihero. I think there's probably going to be a conflict between him and the Justice Society, but I don't think he's going to be the antagonist of the film. Yeah, I don't either. All right. Uh, I don't either. What's next? Johnny Got Lost hmm. says, did you see the new added scene to Spider-Man No Way Home? It gives you more context about how Doctor Strange's spell worked with Peter missing from photos and videos. No, didn't see it. I have no real interest in going to the theater to watch it again. I love the movie, but I saw it many times in theater, so I'm, I'm good. Uh, but I am curious when it comes out, to see the extra footage, but as of right now, I haven't seen the extra footage. Right. Have you had a chance to see no. any of the footage yet? No, I almost went last night, but I didn't go. All right, what's next? 
Uh, Xander says, will She-Hulk's story center around getting her blood with Abomination being released and wearing an inhibitor? Will they get his blood instead? Well, I mean, first of all, we don't even know who it is. Like, I speculate that maybe it's the leader, but it's not likely. I mean, we did get Abomination back from that movie. Maybe we get Tim Blake Nelson back as well. It is unlikely, but that's the only guess I have right now. For all, maybe it's Zemo. Yeah. Although Zemo would be fundamentally opposed to creating any sort of superpower being so maybe that that doesn't really add up so maybe it's uh, uh elaine what's her name in it again uh, it's, it's elaine we'll just from now on it's, it's elaine. Elaine. Well, valentina. Let's call her elaine valentina maybe it's valentina <laughs> looking uh, to bolster up her thunderbolts I mean, I mean i don't know but it all depends on who is the person trying to get the blood yeah all right what's next uh, Tofa Rock says, is there a movie with more plot holes than The Dark Knight Rises? I enjoy the movie, but holy cow, so many logic questions. Listen, I like The Dark Knight Rises. I do too. I do. But one of the reasons I have always called it the easily weakest of the Christopher Nolan Batman films is there's a lot of logic problems in the movie that that I've asked questions about for, for years. About, well, wait a minute. How come it was daytime? And then a two-minute conversation happened, and now it's nighttime. I mean, wow. just, just little things like that. Right? How about how about the fact that Bane rips off like the stock market in Gotham, and suddenly Bruce Wayne has no money, and they've turned the power off to Wayne Manor. I, know, I, know. I mean, if you're that rich, hello, uh, you diversify your portfolio. But even if he was absolutely broke at that one moment. That's not how the world. Works. Dude, I've been able to scan the power company when I was broke three months at least. <laughs> Keep that power on. I but, oh, come on, Bruce. But, listen, but none of it, none of it was massive enough that it detracted from the movie for me. It was, right. just, it was just a compiling of, sm of of smaller kind of nitpick issues. But it does. Again, I I still think it's a good movie. I like The Dark Knight Rises. I do. But I I think it's there's a lot of stuff in there. Great. Like the cops are underground for a hundred days. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. All but right, you know, next? you might enjoy another Batman film called The Batman. The Batman. Check it, out. it might be for you. It's spectacular. And I'll say this right now. Like I'm, I'm not gonna say that the Batman is better than the Dark Knight. I'm not, I'm not gonna say that. But Robert Pattinson's The Batman is better than The Dark Knight Rises. I believe that easily. I agree. Yeah. And what I, about that director? Well, obviously, stunning work. I know. Stunning work. God. All right. What's next? <laughs> Guillaume Labelle says the Patient is a damn good show so far. That's the new Steve. Carell. Oh, that's the new oh, yeah, Steve, Steve Carell, Carell and uh, Donald Gleason. Yeah, one. I, I've only seen the first episode, and it's it's pretty damn good. <laughs> it's pretty damn good. So I want to see it. All right, what's next? This is our last, last question right here. This All is right. it. Jay Master says, "Ray Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar, and 20th Century Studios Game Showcase will be streaming live at 1 p.m." on Disney's D23 official YouTube channel. I heard that, that they're going to that's the only thing they're going to live stream. But which day? Is that the Friday? Probably Friday. Is that it has to be the Friday. I think it has to be the Friday. So, I mean, yeah, so so I know what Ray's going to be doing. If segments well, get I'll up be, a little late that day, no, you kind of know what's going on. I'll, I'll just have it like on a little screen right here while I'm doing the segments. Come on. We could do that, right? All right, guys, and that'll do it right? for today's installment of the John Campion Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because it gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the John Campion Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Don't forget, guys, if you are a channel member here uh, on uh, the John Campion YouTube channel, we have a 3 p.m. 
town hall meeting where I'm going to be streaming live with you guys. I'm going to be giving you guys some information about things happening on the channel. Uh, take your questions, stuff like that. So make sure you guys come on by and join us at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're a channel member and can't be there for the live stream, it will be there for you to watch afterwards as well. But if you can be there live and participate, be all the better. All right, guys, don't forget to come back and join us again tomorrow. It'll be myself, Rob, and Chris Carr will be back again tomorrow. We hope to see you there as well. So for myself, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, the very excited about the live stream coming up on Friday, Ray Ora, and of course, producer Jonathan Voico. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.